Good morning. It's 6am on Thursday, the 2nd of July. BBC Radio Norfolk News with Sophie Price. Firefighters have spent the night tackling a blaze at Thetford Forest. It broke out yesterday afternoon off the road between Thetford and Brandon. Norfolk Fire Service say the area still alight is surrounded and two crews are on site. Tonight, the first of the Forestry Commission's annual series of concerts is due to take place. Roger Woods from the Commission says visitors need to be careful. They need to be very vigilant when they're out, particularly smokers. We don't want them throwing their cigarette butts away. We prefer them to put it into a little canister, put it in their pocket, take it home. If you're out, don't light a barbecue. Don't light a fire. Not with conditions like this. And five crews were also called to fire at Fritton Woods just after six o'clock last night. One fire engine is still at the scene this morning. It's not yet known how either fire started. Organisers of the Royal Norfolk Show are gearing up for another scorching day at the showground today. It's after what was probably the hottest ever show day yesterday, with temperatures peaking into the 30s. Organisers called in extra voluntary medical help when the heat wave was forecast. Yesterday, around 100 people were treated by St John volunteers and five people were taken to hospital. Stuart Evans from St John says they've had plenty to do. We've been able to deal with, I would say, 95% of the cases today. We've got an absolute amazing medical team of doctors, nurses and paramedics and yes we've been able to deal with 95% on site. The Defence Secretary Michael Fallon will tell MPs later today that Parliament should consider a fresh case for the RAF to attack the Islamic State group in Syria as well as Iraq. In a BBC interview yesterday he suggested that Britain should rethink its position if the killing of British tourists in Tunisia last week could be linked to the group's Syrian headquarters. Here's our political editor Nick Robinson. Michael Fallon will say that it's illogical to attack ISIS targets in Iraq but not when they're over the border in Syria. He'll insist that there is no legal barrier to British military attacks, providing they're in support of the legitimate government in Baghdad. Mr Fallon will point to the possibility that attacks like the murder of up to 30 Britons in Tunisia may have been planned in Raqqa in northern Syria, which is known as the capital city of ISIS. Eurozone finance ministers have ruled out any further talks on a fresh bailout for Greece until the country holds its referendum on Sunday. The Greeks will be asked to accept or reject proposals made by creditors last week. The Prime Minister is urging people to make a no vote. Patients in England will be told how much their drugs are costing from next year under government plans to put the price of some prescription medicines on packaging. Ministers say £300 million is spent each year on wasted medicines. And finally, large crowds are expected outside Sandringham Church this weekend as Princess Charlotte is set to be christened there. The princess's parents, grandparents and great-grandparents are expected in the county on Sunday afternoon. Norfolk police say royal watchers should bring water and sun cream, but no large hampers. BBC Radio Norfolk News, now the sports sports headlines. Here's Chris Gorham. England have suffered semi-final heartbreak at the Women's World Cup, but they lost 2-1 to Japan with an own goal in injury time from Laura Bassett. Lowestoft have signed the former Norwich City striker Ryan Jarvis. Kingsland Stars beat the Elite League champions Poole in an Elite League thriller. They won 47-46. Heather Watson says she can't wait to face the world number one Serena Williams in the third round of Wimbledon. And there are three Brits in singles action today. Andy Murray, Ali Ashbedani and James Ward will be hoping to emulate Watson's progress when they play their second round match. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, Sophie.
BBC Radio Norfolk Weather. Oh, well, do you, really, do you really need me to tell you? Well, in actual fact, it's going to be very different to yesterday. Yes, it's muggy. It's going to be warm today, up to 28 Celsius, 82 Fahrenheit. Morning sunshine and light winds, but thundery showers may develop this afternoon. Not everyone will see them, I stress. It will be a hot day once again. Not quite as hot as yesterday. More details coming up and, of course, a look at your weekend forecast and the tide times of coastal conditions for those of you who want to go down to the beach today after Kylie Minogue.
can't get you out of my head. Uh, Kylie Minogue for you. Good morning, it's Wally Webb. Here we are for this Thursday. Is it Thursday already? 2nd of July. Thank you very much for your company. So, uh, Nikki Price, day two of the Royal Norfolk Show from 6.30 this morning on another warm and muggy start to the day as well. Record breaker for the show yesterday. But, uh, of course, you might just miss the uh, thundery showers this afternoon. Uh, then again, you might say, why did nobody warn us about this? Now, it's going to be a fine evening, though, and uh, tonight we clear periods and light winds, but we're not done with the rain and the storms, actually. Staying warm for Friday, muggy in places such as Norwich, a bit cooler in the countryside. Uh, 16 tonight. Yeah, these are the overnight temperatures. Friday, another sunny day, hot inland, everywhere staying dry. Uh, the coast will be much cooler, may see some low cloud and mist rolling during the afternoon tomorrow. 28 Celsius, though, it's again 82 Fahrenheit. Uh, into the weekend and overnight Friday into Saturday to plenty of uh, brighter sunny spells, a few scattered heavy showers, though. Some overnight rain, I think, on the, on the Friday night. Uh, they could be heavy and thundery at times. Uh, still warm with the temperatures a little above normal for early July. Uh, July, which we're told has already been a record breaker in itself since, since records began. Now at 5.24, the Met Office issued the tide times and coastal conditions from the sea area, from the wash down to Harwich. Women travelling alone. I don't understand why being elderly precludes them from going to Syria. Why, 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 why? you know, why? Anyway, go on. He also says that local uh, people are worried for their safety. Now, no one knows where he is. Uh, what have the family had to say? Well, the rest of the family, the family that's left behind, they've issued a statement that says they're devastated by the disappearance and very concerned for their safety. They say it's now completely out of character and they're very worried about the danger they may now be in. Uh, who's going to be the first person to blame the government? Who's going to be the first person to say it's the government's fault? Should we start the clock? It sounds a bit better, you being over there. I've still got to ride the gain. I, I, it's still not um, not ideal. Oh, hang on a second. Oh, the studio's all... Hang on a second, hang on a second, hang on a second. Let's, uh, let's start again. This is ideal. That's not ideal. This is ideal. I used to be a famous artist, proud as I could be. Struggling to express myself for the whole world to see. I used to blow my mind sky high, searching for the lost elation. I know the door I was to find, knowing I am only me. I'm singing. 
everybody We better start to help each other now We need it now When we're sharing our love, brother Don't do drugs, guys. You'll end up making music like that. Oh, hang on. No, uh, no, there we go. I'm all out of breath. I just... uh, (sighs) You just saw a side of me. Well, you saw a side of me, Kelly, that not many people see. Thank you. Oh very no, I've seen that as well. Well, I know, jeans. and um, yeah, um, and you, Catherine, just saw a side that not many people see. You saw the fit side of me. Well, Kelly saw the fit side. You saw the fit side as I was uh, running wildly around the building. It was more of a dad jog, wasn't it? Do you know what the I arms was, were pumping, but the legs what, weren't going very fast. Do you know what I was running for? I was running to get. Uh, I was running just to get this. This is. Uh, oh, that's, that's what nice. I was running for. <laughs> for this. Just adds a bit more of a dignified vibe to the show, I think. Oh, three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, I'm going to ask, what have you broken in the last twenty four hours? Could be a heart, could be uh, wind, or it could be. I, you know, I, we, I bought two seventy eight records yesterday. I broke one. Yeah. Broke both of them. I <gasps> broke both of them. They're oh, very brittle. They're very, very brittle, those things. I broke two. These 78 records, one was a Stan Freeberg, and I don't know who the other one was. They'd existed for about 60 years. I had them for less than 10 minutes, and I'd smashed both of them. That's awful. You smashed the other one? That's what I just said. No, but I saw you smash the first. Well, when it, did the second one go? Well, it doesn't matter, but I, in the same incident. Oh, right. But I just t- told you that I'd smashed that one. Oh. Hence me saying, you know, I broke one record. Well, I broke the other one as well. That was at, what that... At the same time? Simultaneously. Wow. Or as they say in America, simultaneously. That's... Um, that happened. So what have you broken in the last 24 hours? It's got to be within the last 24 hours. If it happened on Monday, I ain't interested, guys. I ain't interested. 03459 455 555 is the phone number. We'll take your calls and it's going to be a lot after the Trav. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's a pretty good start across Beds, Hearts and Bucks this morning, Ian. No problems for the M1 or the M40. A1M's also running well, as indeed is our stretch of the M25. And the railway's running well so far this morning. No problems with speed restrictions for the heat today, as it's a little bit colder, of course. Chris Humphreys, BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, 6.16. It is um, Thursday, the 2nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There are claims that one of the women missing uh, in the missing Luton family, believed to be in Syria, may be behind their disappearance. A woman from Bedfordshire is demanding to know why she was made to wait for hours, four hours, four hours, four hours, for hours for an ambulance after dislocating her knee. 
and England have lost their semi-final at the Women's World Cup, going down 2-1 to Japan, thanks to an own goal in stoppage time. Every weekday morning. Coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning, is it a good idea to make jobless teenagers work for their benefits? How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? Are you surprised to see British people being blatantly racist? The JVS Show. I think we've got to get over this issue about racism doesn't exist. It, it has existed. It will probably carry on existing. What I wanted to say is they've got this completely the wrong way around. You know, that, that, that is also true. That is also true. You will always get some, but they are such a minority. Oh, the man's a buffoon. Get him up, get him out of bed, give him a sense of purpose. The JVS Show. Do you think we have got to, as a country, start taking this issue more seriously? Every weekday morning on BBC Three Counties Radio.
Yes, have it. Have it large. That's uh, my motto, and uh, I'm going to party on like it's uh, nobody's business. Now, uh, a Bedfordshire woman is questioning the ambulance call-out system after being left waiting for four hours with a dislocated kneecap. Ouch! 45-year-old Tracy Ellis says she was left alone and in agony at a flat in Leighton Buzzard last month. Catherine, what's going on? Tracy Ellis was on her way to her bedroom when she twisted her knee and popped the joint out of the socket. Like so. After ending up on the floor, she managed to tell her dog to push her mobile phone oh, off the table. now, calm wait, on. Gets better. And shuffle it along the floor to her with his nose. I could tell my cat to do that, but... It don't mean you. she's going to do it. She to- she was able to tell her dog to push her, push the phone off, push the phone off. The- now push it. No, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was at th- uh, 3.40pm on the 18th of June. Uh, she made a call to the East of England Ambulance Service and then waited again. You know, she's still on the floor with the dog there yep. for the ambulance to arrive. She waited and she waited and then after repeated calls to the ambulance by both self and her husband, who was away at work and at the that dog. point. Well, I don't think the dog managed to um, get its message across, but I'm sure it tried. Four hours later, nearly 8pm, they finally arrived. OK, uh, that must have been, it says here, terrifying. Uh, what was going on? Uh, Tracy claims an hour went by she lay waiting for paramedics. She said she called them back and was told that they would take her details again, which is slightly concerning, isn't it? Uh, they then called her back to You've say... Got to get closer to the microphone. They then called her back to say the original ambulance was on, on route, but longer time went by, no ambulance came. Tracy called her husband. He rang them twice himself. He also called the police... In the meantime, Tracy began to receive so-called comfort calls from the ambulance service, oh, telling nice. her not to move. Well, that's nice, not that she isn't could it? move, but she's telling her not to move and wait for help to arrive, as if she had any other choice. Uh, and the East of England ambulance service—what have they had to say? We were hoping to hear it from their own mouths, but unfortunately, they can't speak to us today. There's an investigation underway into what happened, but they sent us a really lengthy statement, and I'm not going to read it all. But they sincerely apologised. They talk about the comfort calls. Uh, and they said that crews had to be diverted to patients with very serious conditions. That's always the line, isn't it? Oh, yeah, no, we uh, we, we couldn't go because something more important uh, came up. Well, it's very difficult to argue against that, isn't it? Well, it is very difficult to argue against that. I wonder what was more important that um, came up. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? 03459 555555 is the telephone number. I'm just trying... Don't worry, I'm just... Just trying to find... Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. When are you going to let me get mine out? No, 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 no. That ain't going to happen. Well, I mean, it's just as good as yours. No, it ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. You won't even have a look. No, it's not going to happen. My iPod. Yeah. I've got a bit of Ravi. We've got a bit of Ravi. Always. Why have I got Ravi on me, old... This is a, oh no, hang on, this is what. To my life, and suddenly from that moment on, my life began. Oh, it's George Harrison with his um, his tongue up, Ravi Shankar's. Oh. Sitars. That's Nora Jones' dad, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no, George Harrison, no, he's daddy. No, Ravi. Is he really? Yeah. Well, there you go. Ravi's the daddy. Ravi's the daddy! It does. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll have a little bit of this. This is a nice song. Here we go, we'll have this. Guys?
Let's go to our reporter, Justin Daly. Oh, he's not here, and there's no one to replace him. Where is Daly these days? I don't know. He's been bothering wildlife. I saw him <laughs> doing selfies with zebras and giraffes. There was a, well, is he in Serengeti? Is that place Serengeti? Have I just made... It sounds like a place, doesn't it's, it? It's a real place. I think he might be more like to be in Whipsonade. What? OK, here we go. So I'm asking, what have you broken in the last 24 hours? I, blo- I broke two... Uh, th- I'm, OK, we'll expand that. What have you broken in the last 24 hours? What's the oldest thing you've broken ever? Steady on! These records were over 60 years old. I had them for 10 minutes. They were they were shattered. They were shattered on the um, uh, floor of Hitchin High Street outside Cancer Research. And I mean, really. And isn't Hitchin a beautiful place? Um, is a there's a hill. There's a um uh, a hill where young people go and make out, make out Blueberry Hill. What's the oldest thing you've ever broken, Kelly? Don't know. Okay. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. I broke a bowl once when I was a kid, and it was one of my parents' wedding presents. If anybody has broken uh, something over a hundred years old, then boy, oh boy, you go straight to the front of the queue. Yesterday, I broke my rule about putting um, ice in wine-based booze drinks. You put ice in wine-based booze drinks. Mm. Wowzers! Those guys are going to be furious. I had a spritzer. I allowed him to put some ice in it. I um uh, I broke my rule about drinking Capri Sun. Oh. There was a cap. There was a like a pouch of Capri Sun in the fridge. There were two. I'm assuming that one was for one son, one was for the other. Well, there's only one. They're going to have to share. Mm. Daddy down to Capri Sun. And how did you feel about that as a person? I didn't like it. I mean, I lo- I didn't, didn't bother me that I'd stolen a drink from my children. I didn't like the taste. I found it a little bit watery. Well, it is watery. It's yeah, a drink. But it's not. No, but it was. I was expecting to be more juicy. <laughs> Drinks can be juicy. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they can be juicy. Capri Sun always reminds me of uh, finishing swimming and having them and some salt and vinegar chipsticks. I, after swimming, I would have a penguin biscuit and uh, a go on the Defender machine. Nice. Yeah, you see. What did you used to do after swimming? Oh, three, four, <laughs> five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. They're all valid topics. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Getting busy on the anti-clockwise side of the M25 now from the M1 at junction 21 towards Watford at 29. The clockwise side not faring too badly just yet. Possibly a few delays uh, for the M1 getting busy now, uh, particularly going towards London south of Luton. Delays approaching junction 9 for Redbourne. Expect the A5 to get quite busy there later on as well. No problems for the train so far this morning. Chris Humphreys, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. There are claims that one of the women in the missing Luton family believed to be in Syria may be behind their disappearance. Police say 12 people are missing, with one community leader saying a daughter-in-law who had already been radicalised is thought to have engineered the initial trip to Bangladesh. Meanwhile, the Defence Secretary will tell Parliament later that MPs should consider allowing Britain to bomb Islamic State targets in Syria. And a woman from Bedfordshire is demanding to know why she was made to wait four hours for an ambulance. Tracy Ellis from Leighton Buzzard called the East of England Ambulance Service after dislocating her kneecap. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England are out of the Women's World Cup in Canada, losing their semi-final 2-1 to Japan with defender Laura Bassett scoring a stoppage time own goal. Here's England coach Mark Sampson. We came to this tournament as huge underdog with the weight of a nation on our back and sceptics and critics to say that we weren't good enough to get this far. And, and they, I'm just so proud of them. They, they've really inspired the nation back home and they deserve to go back home now as... As heroes, they've played their hearts out, they've given their all, and we should all be very proud of them. Watford have completed the permanent signing of striker Matej Vidra on a five-year contract from Italian sister club Udinese, and defender Gabriel Angela has signed a new five-year contract. Luton have taken their summer signings to eight. Former Colchester and Dagenham defender Magnus Okongai has signed a two-year deal, and Northern Ireland international winger Paddy McCourt has joined, having left Brighton. Hertfordshire's Aliash Bedene is in second-round action at Wimbledon today. The Welling Garden City player faces the number 22 seed, Serbia's Viktor Trojki. Andy Murray is first on court one against Robin Huss. He likes the, likes the grass. You know, he's played well here in, in the past. I remember a few years ago he pushed Rafa very hard. I think it was five sets. And yeah, he, he quite enjoys the, the big stages as well. So again, he'll, he'll come out and, and go for his shots and, and make it tough. So I'll need to be ready for that one. Some of the top female golfers in the world are involved in the Ladies' European Masters, which starts today at the Buckinghamshire Golf Club. Woburn-based Charlie Hull features, as do Bedford's Holly Aitchison and Hertfordshire's Hannah Burke. And Bedfordshire's Olympic cycling champion Victoria Pendleton makes her horse racing debut this evening as an amateur rider at Newbury. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin at seven.
That fades out quickly and good for her. It's P.P. Arnold who uh, refused to come on this show once. Uh, morning, guys. Uh, who's refused to come on your show? 03459455555. P.P. Arnold refused to come on this show once. Uh, so we're asking, uh, what has P.P. Arnold refused to do for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also asking, what do you do after swimming? Well, for me, it used to be a penguin and to go on the Defender. Mm-hmm. Um, Capri Sun and Salt and Vinegar chipsticks. Big enough. Okay, I was about to ask Kelly, and of course, we all know that swimming is a touchy subject for Kels. Oh, yeah. Um, when I was at school, yeah, I didn't swim, Yeah, well, you... but I passed my red because I ran with my legs but swam with my arms and they didn't notice. Cheated. So you, you, fake, you passed your red? That's, yeah. what, that's, what is that? That's the beginning. Okay. So you cheated at swimming. Are you going to be able to cheat when um, your ship sinks and you're in the middle of the ocean? Probably. I'll give it a go. Okay. Fair play. Look that. You've got to respect that. I'm respecting that. Do you know how I pass my length badge? <laughs> We're still talking about swimming, are we? Yeah. Okay. I was promised a Wonder Woman outfit if I um, did it because I kept putting my feet down. I kept doing a Kelly. Yeah. Um, and uh, so apparently, as I was swimming across, my mum said that I was mouthing something, and everyone yeah. was saying, "What's she saying? What's yeah. she saying?" I was singing the Wonder Woman theme tune. I oh, look at that. Woman, okay. Well, what what songs have you sung to um, uh, get you through tough times? I had to have a race once with um, LBC presenter James O'Brien. And I was singing Last Train to Clarksville to myself as I uh, wiped the floor with him in the 400-metre dash sprint. And uh, I wiped the floor. Yeah, that was it. I thrashed him. I thrashed him. Well, he's, he's, he's got t- smaller he's legs than you. He's earning twice what I'm earning now. So who's the winner? That guy. But at the Genetically. time... At the time, it was this guy. He says me. Uh, so we're asking that. What else are we asking? Uh, what have you broken in the last 24 hours? And what's the oldest thing you've broken? And don't, don't send us in vulgar texts. Don't want to hear vulgar texts. I don't want to hear stuff like that. I've just heard stuff like that. Stripe it, stripe it up. Stripe the board up. Right, so we're going. Broken. Yep. What have you broken? Oh, and there's another one. How broken is Britain? <laughs> <laughs> well, very, if that old fella that swore at you... On a scale of one to ten, and this is... Uh, you can text these in. On a scale of one to ten, how broken's Britain? 81333, start your text 3CR. Uh, hashtag um, broken Britain. Right. Kels, you're saying something. Huh? Don't forget my phone in for another day. Yeah, we're going to do that on another day, Kels. We're not going to do that today. We've got plenty for today. Yeah. Okay. How do I um, write the songs one? Songs you've sung to do... The Get you through tough times. 
Vera Lynn, of course, is more than welcome to phone in and um, sing and tell us about one of her boring songs. I mean, uh, the one about the White Cliffs of Dover. We'll all bend over the White Cliffs of Dover. Hey, speaking of bend over, yeah. um, he gets um, um, uh, th- the most uh, fake crammed into um, a news story reference to bend over. The, uh, um, the, the, uh, he makes documentaries for adults, kids. Uh, oh, I thought he was friends with Bob Down. He's just... Uh, this is so... Big bend over, right? Big bend over. And uh, the Houses of Parliament have got a speech bubble coming out of them. I've just noticed. Yeah. Saying, that's a big clock. It is. Westminster laptops used for porn. Laptop. Laptops at Westminster have been used to access porn. Well, what else are you going to use a computer for? Really? Really? eBay? Cats. A probe is underway to find out how five machines, they're machines now, well, I suppose they are, were used in public meeting rooms. None were fitted with porn-blocking locks that would prevent clips from the likes of adult movie star Bend Over. So wow, why are they just, making suggestions for viewing? They've just put that in just so they can do the joke about Big Bend Over. Yeah. Officials also... Now, and this is where it gets serious, guys. Officials also revealed the computers have, have tried thousands of times to load banned pages, some include, including some very naughty things, which I won't go into here. MPs, lords, staff and the public all access the computers at Portcullis House in the shadow of Big Ben. One MP told The Sun, it's shocking this is happening while people are in work. Ah, uh, you should see what Dealey's looking at most of the time. Let's go to Dealey now. Oh, we can't. He's not here and no one's replacing him because nobody can. Uh, uh, um, uh, a Lord's official confirmed a probe was taking place. A probe? <laughs> That's what they're into. You guys. You guys. What you got in the papes? Well, there's this. It's got me annoyed in a feminist manner. I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell you about it. I'm going to okay. tell you about my rage. Yeah, I just did the probe is underway, Scott. Don't tweet me Mother stuff of... I've just said. Right, this is it. Mother of Pearl. One of them is Kira Knightley without her makeup on. Doesn't she look a bit different? Yeah, she looks like she's got no makeup on. She's yeah. still a pretty girl. Yeah. Well done. Page 13 of the Daily Mail, because they love women. Mother of two in I'm charge of Army Brigade. I'm going to say this for the brigade. last time. Mother got, of two in charge. got to get close to these Mother cheap of two. microphones. Mother of two. Mother of two in charge of Army Brigade. A married mother of two has been appointed the Army's first female commander of a brigade. Why do we need to know how many kids she's popped out? <sighs> I don't know how many... Well, name, name me another Army man. I don't know how many kids he's got. Why do I need to know he's a dad or not? Just, I just, just get over it, mate. Says dad of two, Ian Lee. Exactly. Just says mother of two, Catherine. Now, I've written down a thing here. Yeah. And I, 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 it says text man dead. Now, that to me doesn't, oh, I know. Sa- doesn't sound like an amusing story. Oh, it's the, not. It's the man who invented it. The man. Uh, oh, and they've, they've treated him with respect in the sun, which is unusual. OMG, RIP, TXT, colon, dash, open bracket. Oh, it looks like a sad face if you turn it on its side. Well, that's respectful, isn't it? Yeah, it's what you would have wanted. The inventor of text messaging has died at 63. Finnish-born, and this is the, one of the coolest names you're going to hear today, Matty McCornan. Tell me again. Matty McCornan. What was the first bit? Matty McCornan. Okay. Who made no money from his discovery. Well, that's... he. The guys, he should be working... He should have been working for Bendover because those porn guys, they know how to cream off the... Uh, let me finish this sentence and get us out of trouble quickly. Um, the, the cash. Mm. Few. He was a civil servant when he had the idea at a 90... Okay, here we go. So he's dying. That's that's, that's bad. Uh, uh, This is another. Put this on the board. Uh, Things you poo-pooed. 
right? Because when um, uh, I first saw a mobile phone with a camera, I poo-pooed it. I went, well, that'll never catch on. Yeah. Uh, I said, that, you know who's going to use... I remember having a big argument with someone. I said, do you know who's going to use that? I remember it was when I was doing Rise. Uh, do you know who's going to use that? Who? Pedophiles. Wow. That was that was what I thought it would be used by paedophile babysitters who would be I know. Well, I'm sure they do. It was a very specific split of the difference. It was a very specific uh thing, but I th- but I thought, you know, paedophile's going to use it. It will never catch on. Now look. Now look, who's even heard of a camera? I felt the same about DVDs. You didn't think it would catch on. Don't need them, got videos, don't I? I tell you what I was right about, Blu-ray. Well, that never caught on. Go and buy Blu-ray. No. Oh. I, I'm not going to do it. Well, yeah, but they're rubbish. You waste, now. You, you waste your time. How many, it doesn't make any difference. It doesn't make no difference. I'm not sure I notice the difference between HD and, and non-HD. I don't even notice the difference between telly and book. <laughs> that came out wrong. There was something there. Right, well, all right, so what have you poo-pooed? What have you poo-pooed? This, let's just go through this list, because this is... I, I think what's happening now... some of this? I think... No, 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 we can't. We can get rid of some of it, actually. Yeah. Uh, what's happening now is the... Just, just shush, shush now, because the listener is overwhelmed. The listener is actually overwhelmed by the amount of um, stuff that we how, are... How do you spell poo... It's poo-pooed with an H. Yeah, poo-pooed is with an H, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, what have you poo-pooed? Well, exactly. I don't, where have you poo-pooed, eh? So, um, so far, we've got... What have you broken in the last 24 hours? What's the oldest thing you've broken? On a scale of... Yeah, on the scale of 1 to 10... How broken is Britain? Uh, what songs do you sing to get you through tough times? And what have you poo-pooed? I mean, 03-459-455-555. Let's, uh, let's just listen to the sounds of the Happy Hammond and wait for the calls. Here we go. Her ha- Hammond is very happy. You could take the posh wearing. Yeah, get rid of that, get rid of that. 03459 455 555. Oh, yeah, and what do you do after swimming? There we go, it's another one, isn't it? Three four five nine four double five five double five. Kelly's just racking up the calls now. How are those calls doing, Kelly? I don't know if the phone's working. Oh, not I, because I don't. The phone-ins are brilliant. There's so many of them. I just don't know why people wouldn't... The, must, the phone must be broken. The, could you just give us a call just to check that the phones are not broken, please? 03459 555555. Back to this feature. I mean, it's... here we go. Here we go. This is a bit like QVC. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. 
03459 We'll take the calls after this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Getting quite slow now heading into London on the A1 from the Holiday Inn roundabout in Boreham Wood down towards Stirling Corner. Busy on the anti-clockwise side of the M25 from Junction 21 for the M1 to 19 for Watford. And a bit slow on the M1 going south from uh, Junction 10, the Luton Airport Spur Road to 9 for Redbourne. Not too, not too bad for the A5 heading towards there. And the M40 running well too. Chris Humphreys, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Chris. It's Thursday the 2nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There are claims that one of the women in the missing Luton family, believed to be in Syria, may be behind their disappearance. A woman from Bedfordshire is demanding to know why she was made to wait four hours for an ambulance after dislocating her knee. And England have lost their semi at the Women's World Cup, going down 2-1 to Japan, thanks to an own goal in stoppage time. There were three in there, and I didn't write any of them. Let's get the WEVs! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, uh, very good morning to you. So today's not going to be quite as hot as it was yesterday when we've got temperatures up to 33 or 34 degrees Celsius. Um, 35 actually in some spots. Um, but uh, but it's still going to be quite muggy and humid and certainly is a rather muggy start to the day. We're starting off on around sort of 17, 18 degrees for many places. Um, there will be some showers or the possibility of some showers with some thunder, possibly even some hail, some lightning through the course of the morning. But I'll not be having some showers later on. Fairly Sweaty. Really? Sorry, I'm so sorry. Three showers sorry. yesterday. Oh, <laughs> it's just the funny music you're playing in the background. Not funny, it's mate. It's, me laugh. it's the happy Hammond. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. You happy? Right, I'll, carry, I'll carry on. Yeah, I'm trying I'll, to ignore All right, for I'll carry on. <laughs> to this afternoon. This afternoon it's still going to be quite hot, particularly away from the showers. There may be some showers. They'll be fairly well scattered. There I think, will be showers. I'm so gonna, I need it to cool down. Everybody. Everyone's going to have a shower. Show. I think most places are going to stay shower free actually this afternoon. Baths. Um, but uh, there will be some sunny spells. Temperatures away from the showers up to around 26 or even 27 degrees. So it's still really very warm today. Uh, not quite as muggy as yesterday but still quite muggy. Overnight tonight not quite as uncomfortable as last night, but still quite close. Lows of around 17 or 18 degrees for some spots. Tomorrow it's going to be hot again, 30 degrees. No showers tomorrow, apart from into the evening. Well, then you'll stink. Thunderstorms. <laughs> And then over the weekend, it's looking dry, uh, really quite sunny, uh, particularly on Saturday. That will be the hottest day. There we go. But not quite as hot as yesterday. Yesterday was the worst day in terms of heat. That's the forecast. Thank you very much, Elizabeth. Ta-ta. We've been asking for calls and, um, well, I mean, we've just about got some. Morning, Snuffers. Morning, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here working my gojones off. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Thanks, Snuffers. I'm glad. I'm glad that the, the the enthusiasm carries on. What have you got for us? Um, breaking something that's old. Okay. What's the oldest thing you've broken? Well, it's 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 the thing that I broke wasn't old, oh. but the thing that was what was in it was old. Okay. It was I. I did my work experience at a funeral director's. Oh, oh no. no. Yes. And I had. I had. Um, I was only there for a week. Yes. And, and we did a, we basically, we had to, we did these kind of services of remembrance and things like that, but basically the people would come to us 
we'd sort them out as in if they're being buried or whatever and then yes. we'd take them off to the thing and then and basically after a cremation service I went back with someone else got them all in this kind of wooden box took them back to the funeral director put them into a nice vase like kind of china vase that the family had chosen took yes. them around to their house and um, was getting out of the car and um, it slipped well I dropped it oh mate <laughs> And it was right in the middle of the street. So, so I was kind of, I, I just panicked. I didn't really know what to do. And the guy that I was with wasn't really offering too many helpful suggestions. No. So I kind of ended up just putting the largest piece of china kind of as a bit of a dish and then kind of just <gasps> scooping the, scooping these ashes into the dish. Um, but the guy who died, he was about, I think he was about 94. Yeah. Um, so, so that I makes it all right, does it? Well, I haven't broken anything since '94, but it was he was '94 and he was in the jar. What did the What did the family say when you turned up, basically holding Grandad on the palm of your hand and a bit of a fag end in there as well? An ashtray. Well, we actually decided that that what I what I'd recreated wasn't acceptable to hand over to them. Good, well, good. So we so we, um, we we basically went and explained it to them. And but bear in mind, I was work experience. The guy that I was with. Yeah. Basically said he was kind of like, well, you should this. You need to explain it. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, like good. Of course, of course, you should suffer. That is experience of work. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I'm very experienced in what to do when you smash someone's ashes. Well, thank you very much indeed, Snuffers. It's a very specific skill to have. Um, he, was he trying to blame it on the other guy then, just he because he was to, work experience? He tried to blame it on the old man that was in the jail. Unbelievable. Let's go to April. Morning, April. Good morning. What have you got for us, April? Um, oldest thing I have broken yep. is a pair of earrings. How old were these earrings, please? They were something that I got from an aunt who had passed away, and oh. she had had them quite some time, so I think about 80 years. Did you not feel... Can I, can I ask you a frank question? Yeah. Did you not feel weird wearing a dead lady's earrings? No. Did you? Okay, you should, I would. I would feel... I mean, they're pierced, I guess. Yeah. They, were, they weren't clip-ons. No. Mm. Uh, uh, how did you break them? Um, they were they went through the ear, but they had a kind of dangly bit, and I managed to twist it until it, the main piece came off. The Aye. Aye. Well, that's that, so April. That's so April. Yes, um, I'm afraid it is, because I am known for breaking things. So the last thing I broke was the cafeteria. <laughs> Now those cafetiers, that's the one with the plunger. Yeah, they ones. always yeah. break because it's made of cheap glass, cheap plastic at the top. Maybe I just buy cheap cafetiers. I don't buy them anymore. And when you push it down, it, it kind of creates. Well, I'm going to say a vacuum, uh, yeah. and, and there's a lot of pressure in there. Yeah, but I, I break it by drying it up. Oh, well, then you're an idiot, April. You're, an, you're a plum, April. That's, that's that. Uh, let's have a bit of this. We'll have more of the papers in a bit. Oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Please 
That's this week's BBC introducing track. Kelly Betts, tell us more about that. It reminds me a little bit of early Jackson 5. <laughs> it's um, Holly April. Congratulations, and you moved to Dunstable. You're welcome. Um, she's from Berkhamsted. No, she's not. She's from Beaconsfield. Begins with a B. Yeah. Uh, she's on Twitter. Oh, I know her. Beckinsfield. Yeah, do you? I used to go boozing in Beckinsfield. Oh, Under maybe Ridge. you know her. Sorry? Do you know her? Yeah, probably. Why, why, the, why the hell not? What? Oh. Okay, bye. Thin. Oh, wait. And if I wanted to go and buy one of her records, where would I have to go? Uh, she's on Twitter, Holly oh. April. Yeah. Doorbells. Yeah, okay, there we go. <laughs> Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. What have you got in the papers, Catherine Boyle? This, and I am mostly reading it for the place where they came from. Oh. A rugby coach's congratulatory pat on the head saved the life of a young player when it led to the discovery of a rare brain tumour. Blimey, O'Reilly. After Jed Beatty felt a lump on nine-year-old Eddie Watson's head. He encouraged the boy's mother to get her son scanned, and a tumour the size of an orange has now been removed. Blimey. Eddie's from Heckman Wyke, West Yorkshire. 
He'd already been to see a doctor. His mum, Sarah Dawson, was worried about this lump. Um, he was told he also had headaches, but he was told it was a cyst but a, and of no concern. But after Eddie's match in March for league team Josebury Moore, Mr Beattie, 45, encouraged them to get a second opinion. Oh. A scan revealed Eddie had a condition called Langerhans cell histiocytosis, which affects only one in 200,000 children. He had surgery at Leeds General, and within days, the tumour was pushed... Uh, it had pushed part of his brain inwards by half an inch. Oh! Mr Dawson praised the hospital and his son, saying, Eddie took it all in his stride, never whinged. He went back to playing within six weeks, but we were a scrum cap. Good lad. There's a picture of a um, uh, Chinese woman uh, standing, hanging out of a hotel window on the 13th floor, holding her child. That's not fun. But beneath that is um, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the Facebook genius. Mm. Uh, you are right, Kelly? Yeah, I was just putting my drink down. I didn't know my microphone. Very noisy drink downable, wasn't it? But I didn't know my mind. It doesn't matter. Do you know what I think? Pull, pull that lamp further forward, because I can't see it if I'm sitting on that side. What lamp? The, the red light oh, lamp yeah, we that can, says we can mic's do, on. We can do that later. Uh, telepathy will be Facebook of the future. Uh. Facebook users will eventually be able to message each other through the power of thought, according to Mark Zuckerberg. We can do that now. You know exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, thinking that. Yeah, and... The billion, the billionaire's vision of telepathic social media. Basically, Facebook has run out of ideas, and so what's next? Psychic Facebook. That'd be brain book, wouldn't it? The billionaire's vision of telepathic social media emerged as he hosted a Q and A session, and it became apparent that he'd got no more ideas left. <laughs> One visitor named Marcel Rukultukul. Rickle-tickle. Said, what's going on with Facebook in the future? Mr Zuckerberg said, well, we're going to mess around with the format a bit more. We're going to make it harder for you to talk to people. And then you're going to be able to do it. Fire your flipping mind, man. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 looking pretty slow going south now as you pass Junction 10, the Luton Airport Spur Road on the approach to 9 for Redbourne. Not looking too bad on the A5 though coming towards Redbourne from Mark Yates. The anti-clockwise side of the M25 heavy from Junction 21 for the M1 to 19 for Watford still. And then again now from 17 Maple Cross to Junction 16 for the M40. Not too bad for the A1M or the M40 so far this morning. The A41 also doing well going into Aylesbury but do expect that to build up later on and the trains also so fine. Chris Humphreys, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Chris. So more in the family that went to uh, Syria. But to be honest, you're more interested in uh, how broken is Britain on a scale of one to ten, and uh, what have you poo-pooed? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, daughter-in-law blamed for Luton family's disappearance, Bedfordshire woman's four-hour wait for an ambulance and World Cup agony for England's women. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are claims that one of the women in the missing Luton family believed to be in Syria may be behind their disappearance. Police say 12 people are missing. Relatives say they may have been tricked into going, with one community leader saying a daughter-in-law who had already been radicalised is thought to have engineered the initial trip to Bangladesh. The group, including two grandparents and a one-year-old child, have not been seen since they stopped off in Turkey in May. Community leader Ashok Ahmed knows the family. 
and that one member of the family was radicalized, and that member of the family knew what was happening. Basically, they planned the whole journey to Bangladesh, and on the way back, they will break the flight in Turkey, and then whatever the intention, they would obviously carry on with that intention. Meanwhile, the Defence Secretary will tell Parliament later that MPs should consider allowing Britain to bomb Islamic State targets in Syria. The RAF has been carrying out strikes in Iraq since September, but Michael Fallon will say Parliament should look at the case for missions in Syria too in the wake of the attack on British tourists in Tunisia. A woman from Bedfordshire is demanding to know why she was made to wait four hours for an ambulance. Tracy Ellis from Leighton Buzzard called the East of England ambulance service after dislocating her kneecap. She then waited for four hours for someone to arrive, as Sophie Solaria reports. 45-year-old Tracy Ellis was told an ambulance was on its way after she twisted her knee in her flat in Leighton Buzzard. She made the call at 3.40pm on Thursday the 18th of June, then lay on the floor until almost 8pm for the ambulance to arrive. Meanwhile, the East of England Ambulance Service say they made courtesy calls as she waited for help to arrive and say they've now launched an investigation into what happened. The costs of some medicines provided by the NHS are to be printed on packaging in future. The measure's designed to encourage people not to waste their prescriptions. Train services in Buckinghamshire between Marlow and Bourne End are expected to return to normal this morning after a signalling problem caused by the track buckling in yesterday's high temperatures. Yesterday was the hottest July day on record with 36.7 Celsius or 98 Fahrenheit at Heathrow. In sport, England have lost their semi-final at the Women's World Cup going down 2-1 to Japan thanks to an own goal in stoppage time. It's at the bar and it's away and the referee has given it. It's a goal! Oh no! Laura Bassett got that looped it forward off the bar and down and England are out. To an absolute freak of a goal. The weather a fine start, but heavy and thundery showers will spread up from the south during this morning. Not as hot as yesterday, but still a maximum temperature 27 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Here's something else to go on the board. What the hell is a community leader? What is a community leader? I, I'm 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 a community leader. I've I've just I've just this second decided. Do community leaders refer to themselves as community leaders? I know some do. I think I've had a barley with a couple on here, probably. No one me, no one then. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. What the heck is a community leader, man? Uh, also, what do you do after swimming? What have you broken in the last 24 hours? What's the oldest thing you've broken? On a scale of 1 to 10, how broken is Britain? What songs do you sing to get you through tough times, guys? And what have you poo-pooed? 03459 455 555 is the telephone number. Oh! And before 8 o'clock, we'll have Peter Talk from the Monkeys on the show. Boom shakalak. You can text as well, 81333, start your text 3CR. Uh, or you can send me a cheeky email, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Thanks very much, indeed. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. 
friends and relatives of a family of 12 members from Luton fear they may have been tricked into going to, in, uh, going to Syria. The group from Berry Park were reported missing after failing to return from a trip to Bangladesh. It's thought the fact that their ages range from 1 to 75 may have allowed them to pass unnoticed. Newspaper reports suggest one of the younger women in the party may hold extremist views. Well, Dr Ilyas Mohammed is a research fellow looking into radicalisation uh, in Syria. Uh, morning, Doctor. Morning. Why are these people going? I think uh, what we have to look at really is um, there are many reasons, actually. You know, people have uh, looked at there are actually three phases to this. Initially, in 2003, early 2004. Doctor, you're a little bit muffled. Sorry, is your mouth... Is, if you could just take your mouth ever so slightly away from the mouthpiece. It's a little tricky to understand what, you. Yeah, I think what I'll do, if I can, if you, if I can put my headphones on... Okay. And, and that would be much better, uh, because then I think... Uh, I'll, I'll be able to hear you, and you'll be able to hear me much better. There we go. We're in. We're in. Okay. Why, so why are these uh, why are these people going? Excellent. Yeah. Well, basically, it's actually quite complex why they're actually going. But if I sort of frame it in sort of three ways, initially in sort of 2003 and early 2004, we had sort of people going there for sort of, uh, uh, sort of humanitarian reasons. They saw the suffering and they saw that nobody else was doing anything. They decided to go. But sort of when the Islamic State was established, sort of when uh, the leader declared that he's established Islamic State, he actually called for people to come and join. So at that point, what you had was people who already had acquired ideas, extremist ideas, ideas pertaining to establishing Islamic State. You saw people who had these ideas going because this allowed them to act out on their ideas. But sort of, uh, sort of the back end of 2014 and now sort of 2015, what we saw was the women and families going, which I consider to be the third phase, the final phase. And here, uh, it, it, the, the whole point of families and women going is to establish this multi-ethnic state, uh, a state for all Muslims, if you want. Right. I still don't understand why they're going. Why, why would a, why would a family decide go, say do you know what we've had enough of living in Berry Park we've had enough of everything that's going on there yeah. we're going to go and hang out with some people who chop off people's heads. So we're here here we can look at this sort of a, a push and pull factor. For example, the push factors in the in this case could be the fact that you already mentioned that one of the women could have acquired extremist ideas. So these ideas are most likely have been of wanting to go live in a Islamic state, a state that she believes in, that a state that is a true Islamic state, a state for all Muslims. Uh, so for all Muslims, and the sort of uh, 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 poll factors uh, in terms of the Islamic State is saying, look, come live here. Once you live here, we have jobs for you, we have work for you, we have everything for everybody. You won't be discriminated as you are, for example, in the UK, because in the UK, look, uh, uh, you've got all these uh, groups out there, right-wing groups, what they're trying to do, you know, they're trying to give you harm. But they, they but these people, these, these pe- if these people are going, they know that... Um uh, IS aren't exactly the kind of the, you know the the you know all flowers love and peace man. They chuck gays off buildings and they stone women. They've just beheaded a couple of women. Absolutely. I mean, the the the, the things that they are actually fully aware of this. It's not as if they're not. They are fully actually aware of, of what ISIS is. But the propaganda that ISIS has is actually a lot more powerful and a lot more potent. So it actually uh, circumvents all the evil that ISIS are doing. Circumvents that to the side. And still is allures people into it. Well, if that's the case, if these people know what they're getting involved in, we can never stop this happening, can we? 
No, I, no, I think that I we can. I think How? what needs to happen is that our community uh, organisations, so here the churches, the mosques, the police actually have to do more outreach work, actually go into the communities oh. and start having these conversations, hard conversations about building trust. Because I know in the case of Luton, there's practically virtually any trust between the police and the local well, community. Yeah, but hang on, you can't blame the fact that, the, 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 you know, that the, the, there is the, the, some people don't like the police. Uh, you can't blame the police that this family have gone to Syria, yeah. can you? No, quite right. Absolutely quite right. But the whole point is that we need to start building the trust again. The trust isn't there. And for any, for if we're, if we're going to be successful in dealing with this issue of radicalisation, then we need to start building trust between the local institutions and the community. And the one way I'm thinking the best way to do this is, is for the institutions, the mosques, the churches, and so on, working together to go into the community and actually speaking, organising collective events for example, we're saying that if if the case is that uh, a lot of the reasoning that the that that the local community are saying are uh, are why uh, young Muslims are to leave for Syria is because of politics, is because of foreign policy, is because of the suffering of the Syrian people. I think we need to have these debates, and these debates need to be led by local uh, you know, by local institutions, including the police, where safe platforms are created where these debates can happen. I don't... I don't sorry, I'm, maybe I'm being dumb this morning. I don't understand how the police hosting a debate about whether we should have gone to Iraq or not is going to, would have stopped this family going to Syria. No, absolutely. But, but, but what, what I'm saying is it has to be a collective thing, not only things with the police, but it has to be... The why, should the police have to, why should the police have to no. get involved in a debate like that? They're, they're busy, um, you know, policing and stuff. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, they are policing, but... If we're going to find a solution to these kind of problems, to, to the radicalisation, and we're saying trust is a major problem and trust in the security services is an issue because we need to collect the information from the local community, surely it's a very good idea to start building these trusts. Where why why should we? Well, I don't understand where there's like, why is there a lack of trust in the security services? Could it not just be, right? And let's, let's speak a little bit hypothetically. That one of the women in this family is a complete nut job. She wants um, everybody who's not a Muslim to be killed, and she wants to bring up her family in that uh, in that environment. So she's just gone. It's got nothing to do with the police or the security services or David Cameron or anything like that. She's just a nutter. Yeah, but absolutely. But to understand what is actually happening and to 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 develop ways to actually combat this kind of thing. You know, of course, the family is gone. But we need to think about what can we do within the local communities to actually tackle this radicalisation and people acquiring extremist ideas. So the, the best idea you've got is that the police and a mosque and a church have a discussion? No, they need to have them to work collectively and actually yeah. do a lot more outreach work within the community. So this way you bring the local community and the institutions together to have these hard discussions. And through these discussions, you can start building trust. What dis- well, then, hang on a second. The police... The police are constantly uh, doing outreach. What discuss? I don't understand what discussion they're meant to have. No, but I mean, you can be doing. Uh, well, it's clearly that the the the, the outreach work that it's not actually working. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, so yeah. So, so your idea doesn't work. So, no, what do we do well, next? Well, Am I being well, dumb this morning? No, no. Actually, what I'm saying is that there needs to be discussion in the debates. About Clear what? Tell me what discussion. Okay, so so the thir- the, 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 tonight, Thursday night at seven thirty at the local mosque, um, there's going to be a discussion and a debate. What's what's the the, the question? What's the debate about? 
Well, well basically, you, should, you basically indicate if, if people in the community saying that these young people are going because they have a grievance with what's happening over in Syria. So you can get people coming in from local police saying, well, this is the problems. The mosques are saying X, Y, Z, this is why, you know, this is what's happening or this is why we should be going. If you have any questions about, uh, uh, about what's happening over there, why the I don't understand doing. the I don't understand why the police have got to talk about Syria. The police, you know, the police the, 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 are good and they're flawed, but they don't know about Syria. They, they, they know about Luton and Bedford. But you do have, but you do have the security services, which are part of the police, who are actually there trying to prevent people from going. So the point is that we need to have these debates. Where you With the greatest of respect, I don't think you thought this out fully. I don't. Well, I no, don't no, understand. No. I don't understand, Doctor. But, but, but see, if you're going to have strategies to try to prevent people going over there, we've tried everything. But the so police, the, yeah, yeah and it's not working. The police holding a debate about Syria. I mean, no, I don't no, see but, the connection. Yeah, but if you're, if, if 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 the people are going because of what's happening over in Syria, whether it's ISIS propaganda or or or, or what's actually happening in terms of Syrian people. So therefore, we need to have these kind of uh, discussions about what is happening over but there. But we're having these what discussions and they're not working. And you know, Doctor, come on, that the only people that would go to... I wouldn't go to one of these discussions. It's boring. But you know that the only people that are going to go are the people that wouldn't be going to Syria. This woman, if this woman is responsible for taking the whole family out, and you know what, I don't quite buy that. I suspect that there were a few more in that tw- group of 12 that was complicit. This woman wouldn't go to one of these meetings, would she? She why wants not? to go to because she why not because she doesn't want to she wants to go to a country where they chop off the heads of Japanese journalists yeah. and throw gays off buildings that's what she wants to go to yeah but every possibility that this person could have been there you know she would oh, have given you know of, you come on you know that's not good that's not going to stop to a fanatic because in these debates and conversations oh. people. But they have these debates. They have these conversations, and guess what? They're still going. Yeah, but 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 what? If if we're not going to try to find ways to challenge these ideas, then how are we expected to prevent this? Because I tell you exactly. Listen, that okay? I'm challenging your idea. It doesn't work. It's happening, and it doesn't work. But we need to have the debate so we can challenge the ideas. <laughs> we can't. We can't right, uh, assume going... that we can do something okay. if, uh, if we don't actually have these debates. The we debates, mate. The the de- I don't know where you've been. The debates are happening. I don't know what the police have got to do with Syria. Nothing. I, why would the police be in a debate about Syria? Yeah, because they're part of the institution. They're a part of the institution okay. within the local community. Why it feels so, so, like I've so got. I've got to move on, I've, Doctor. I've got to move on in a second. It does feel like. Whenever we have this, con- us personally, when people have this conversation, that um, it, 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 very few people want to point the finger of blame at the family that have gone to Syria. It's not their fault. It's the police's fault. It's no, the security no, services you, fault. No, it's but it's um, it, what I'm no, but it, why, why can't we just say saying. this family want to go to a country where they are they are happy to see Japanese journalists being beheaded and gays being chucked off buildings and women being stoned to death? That's what they want to go to. Yeah, but, but what I'm saying is you're missing the point. I'm not saying that uh, uh, the family are not in blame. What I'm saying is that that's quite true. They they know what they're going there for. So so some so some blame has to be on them. Well, all of the blame that, has to be on them. What, what I'm saying is that if we're to prevent, if we are prevent, we have to prevent people acquiring these kind of ideas. Then, for one level, we have these kind of conversations in a community where mm. the local institutions need to be involved to do more outreach. Yeah? Okay. So we'd have these kind of okay. in the community. So that's one side of it. 
Yeah. But if we're saying it's online radicalization, well, then to have more preventive strategies online. Because the propaganda has to... <laughs> but you can't... Yeah. Oh, I've got, listen, I've got to go, because I, I got in trouble yesterday for going on and on and on. Uh, I, I appreciate your thoughts, um, Dr. Ilyas Mohammed. He's a research fellow looking into radicalisation in Syria. Um, uh, <laughs> how are you going to stop people Googling Syria? How are you going to stop people Googling, I want to join IS, what's the best way to do it? How are you going to stop that? You know... Oh man. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Delays starting to build now along Breakspear Way on the A414 heading between the town centre of Hemel Hempstead and the M1 at Junction 8. The M1 itself really heavy going south from Junction 10, the Luton Airport Spur Road to 9 for the A5 and Redbourne. Not too bad for the A5 coming from Mark Yates towards Redbourne though. The A1 that's slowing down going south from the Holiday Inn roundabout in Boreham Wood through towards Stirling Corner and the anti-clockwise M25 heavy from the M1 at Junction 21 to 19 for Watford and again from 17 at Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. Train's doing fine though. Chris Humphreys, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Chris. 7.18. It's uh, Thursday, the 2nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There are claims that one of the women in the missing Luton family, believed to be in Syria, may be behind their disappearance. A woman from Bedfordshire is demanding to know why she was made to wait four hours for an ambulance after dislocating her knee. And England have lost their semi at the Women's World Cup, losing 2-1 to Japan thanks to an own goal in stoppage time. Every weekday morning... One partially closed and the other didn't operate at all. I have contacted other companies who do it professionally and they said it should have been anchored down. The JVS Show. It was looked over by the garage and they told me to not move the vehicle anywhere. It's a complete death trap. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I'm getting nowhere. I've tried on numerous occasions to talk to the manager of this company. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. So they said, we're going to contact the customer, we're going to have a chat and we're going to make a, a gesture to that customer. And we could do the same for you. Without your programme, I don't know what you'd do in the morning. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Watch Jeremy Carl. Um, shouty Chris. Good morning, Chris. Morning, Ian. Oh, you're not shouting. That means you're angry. What's wrong? That man just spoke the biggest load of tosh I've ever heard. Tell me why. Um, basically, he's saying that they're not um, integrated enough. They don't get to talk to the police and have all... What does he think they're going to get out there? They are going to be told what they have to do. Well, it's he's not what well, no, no, but it's not what he thinks they're going to get. It's what the family thinks. And he was he was saying it was he, I, he didn't mention integration, but he did talk about trust. Just to be just to be specific on, on what the doctor said. Right. Well, he doesn't trust us. Right? No, 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 no. Again, he's not he's not saying that. He's saying no, that, no, that in well, certain he's saying that in Luton there is an issue of mistrust between certain communities and the police, and we know that after uh, Leon Briggs, after all of these incidents of people um, uh, dying in police custody or or, or, or other uh, things, that's that's fact. There is a level of right. mistrust. How many of these people have been decapitated, put in cases, had petrol poured over them? Okay, well, and yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. We, we don't need to go into the specifics. So what, no, what I'm saying is the issue of trust. I would be, if I was a Muslim, I would be worried that if I went o- over there and I didn't do as I was told, yeah. that 
something really serious could happen to me. Like no, no, you wouldn't. So. No, you, you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't think that because um, you, hey, you, you know they uh, they electrocute people. You know where they electrocute people to death? Mm. Do, you, do you know where? America. That, America. And yet we go to America and we don't think, oh, if I'm, if I'm a bad world citizen, I might, they might strap me in a chair and pass 60,000 volts through my body. Or what? It doesn't matter. Uh, we don't think that, that, that. You know, everyone that goes to various countries b- believes they will abide by the laws. But there are no laws there. Well, there, 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 is, there is some form of uh, uh, rule in place, it would appear. Don't be gay, uh, otherwise you get chucked off a building. Right, yeah. And what other, what other freedoms, you know? I mean, like, because one of the things that I'm thinking is if they want to go, just let them go, right? But the, the thing we want to make sure is that they don't come back. It seems that they would rather have dictatorial leaders that tell them what to do so they don't have to think for themselves rather than a democratic process because they do know all they're going out there for that everybody gets perceived on the media is that IS want people out there to fight, kidnap people, brutalise people. Here we go, here's the question. There's no loving, cherishing thing that I've seen. I've not offended uh, offended the racists yet today, so I'm going to have a little pop at it now, see if I can do it with this. I'm not racist. I didn't say you were racist. Oh, right. No, I I said I've not offended the racists. I'm going to see if if me throwing this out there will do. I feel a bit sorry. No, I, I'm going to... Let me let me rephrase that. I feel very sorry for some members of this family. The children? Yeah, the, the little kids. haven't had the chance to... I don't know. There's a kid who's one. I don't know. There's a couple... I don't know how the kiddies are, but I feel, I feel sorry for the kids. I feel really sorry for the kids, because what say have they had? What input have they had? The adults, but, you know, the adults, I'm not that bothered about, but the kids, I feel terrible for them. But I don't understand the older ones, Ian. Why not? Because apparently the grandmother's got cancer. Yeah. And the the father has um, diabetes. Right. Um, From what you see on, like, Panorama or Jahadi Bride Singh, there doesn't seem to be a hospital structure there. You can't, you can't base your knowledge on a programme called Jihadi no, no, Brides. No, 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 but what I saw uh, in that one... My big fat right? Jihadi wedding. No, no, no. <laughs> what, what I saw yes. was that they were living in more or less derelict, bombed-out buildings. Well, no, but there, there are parts of Syria that are all right. Uh, no, because I'm thinking... What, have you ever... Well, yeah, you have. You know what it's like when they've got cancer, the amount of treatment they need. Yeah, maybe. Well, uh, well, it dep- well, it depends. It de- and we're going off on a site, but Chris, thank you very much. It, um, it depends. It depends what cancer you've got, how bad it is. Maybe... These people want to go out there and spend their last few months alive, uh, you know, in uh, the place that they're happy with, uh, and then die there. Maybe their cancer's in remission. I don't know about the same cancer. From what I heard, she'd had cancer, but I don't know whether she still has Yeah, so I don't know. And also, um, Syria's a a massive country. Uh, Loads of it's all right. They're they're not going to be going to live in caves. I think that's maybe one of the the, the perceptions people have, that they're going to be live in caves. With AK-47s. There are some, you know, Syria's a really advanced, you know, it's a beautiful country. And, yeah, some of it's been bombed to to pieces, but loads of it hasn't. Loads of it hasn't. Peter's in Warmer Green. We'll do some texts in a minute. 81333, start your text 3CR. Peter, what would you like to have a whinge about, mate? I'd just like to say that anyone who, who believes and, and acquires those sort of beliefs 
I don't really want them in this country anyway. What sort of beliefs really have they acquired? I don't want them in this country. What sort of beliefs have they acquired? Well, if, if you're going to an area like that where you know the, the, the vile, horrific acts that people carry out, yeah. then I'm afraid I don't want people with that mindset in this country any way whatsoever. Do you feel sorry for, for the kids? Yes, but I don't know whether you're going to get to them in time. Uh, what, before they... Uh, uh, what do you mean by in time? Well, because uh, uh, what have they been preaching to them, if you like, over, the, over any short period of time? There'll be no raster mouse over there. How are you going to, say, uh, you know, two, how are you going to keep them occupied? There were two fully grown men there. Yeah. At least two. And uh, you just don't know how a situation like that has, has arose. They are not... Those men are not stupid. Oh. They are not being influenced by one woman. But hey, uh, well, this uh, yeah, I'm not buying this. Like the, the, the one of the rumours floating around, which is unconfirmed, that we are looking into here at BBC Three Counties Radio, is that uh, have I got this right, Catherine? That that um, one of the women in this this family was stopped from travelling to Syria previously. That's not confirmed. That's uh, that's unconfirmed, but that's one of the things that's being looked into. And so uh, a, a lot of the story is being based around uh, uh, that, and the suggestion being that she is responsible for them all going i don't buy that i don't you can't you can't trick yeah, the kids you can you can't trick a whole family into going into we're going to bangladesh we're just going to stop off in syria i've sort of picked something up from syrian syrian tesco will only be a day you, you can't trick a whole family like that i'm not buying that the whole family i would imagine and i'm guessing a bit was um was complicit i tell you peter will you help me lighten the mood a little bit yeah. Because it's a little bit heavy, isn't it? It's a little bit yeah, heavy. Absolutely. Right, OK. So it's me, it's Catherine, it's Kelly, then it's you. Right. Yeah. Sainsbury's. Catherine. Loganberries. Kelly. <laughs> oh, no, they're Blueberries. not the Blueberries. Oh, OK, Chuckberry. Oh, crazy. OK, OK. OK. Nickberry. Halleberry. Strawberry. No, and whoa! Steal that one, Kelly. Still steal that one. Colinberry. Oh. You still sticking with your strawberry? <laughs> cool. Okay, of course, okay. <laughs> I was going to say February. <laughs> no, That's I'm, a clock. I'm going to, uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Archbishop of Canterbury. Oh! <laughs> Peter's on a roll! It's not your go, Peter, it's mine. And I'm going to say the Archbishop of Canterbury. Catherine, your turn. Um, Ras- playing, raspberry Beret. We're playing berry poker, by the way, guys. If I say Raspberry Beret, does it go back the, the other way? No, there's, there's, there's no... Oh, that's a shame. Canterbury itself. Oi. Oi. <laughs> Oi. Glastonbury. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Peter? Canterbury itself. Okay. Because you're talking about the Archbishop. All right, OK. He's got me on a technical... He's got me by the technicals there. Never a a pleasant uh, experience. OK. Berry Parker. Well, we've just talked about it. Topical, local, vocal, Berry Park, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Here we go. Berry Lancashire. (laughs) Kelly. Home of the pie. Kelly. Hang on, Kelly's turn. Blackberry. What? What? No, we We've done that. Well. Kelly's oh, out. Like you're, you're out, Kelly. You're out. But Peter, your turn. Let's bury Kerry. Kerry? <laughs> Kelly. Oh, dear. Blackberry. We've just had that. You're, you're out. out. Okay, <laughs> it's, me, it's me and Kath. Here we go. Hang on. 
Dingleberry. <laughs> you can't have that. Burial at sea. Oh, get out of town! It went yesterday, Peter. It's not going to. It's not floating today. Well, it's not meant no, to, is it? They drill holes in it. It's gone nuts rather than berries. Peter, <laughs> oh, very good, Peter. Thank you, mate. Speak to you later on. Ta ta. Bye bye. Bye bye. He was good there, wasn't he? Eh? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Looking quite slow in the A414 as you head between Hemel Hempstead Town Centre and the M1 at Junction 7. The M1 itself heavy going south from the Luton Airport Spur Road at Junction 10 to Redbourne and the A5 at Junction 9. And the A5 itself now getting heavy going south from Dunstable towards Mark Yate. Not too bad from Mark Yate, Mark Yate to the M1 right now though. But going back to the A414, also slow in St Albans on all approaches to the Park Street roundabout and then again on the North Orbital Road as you approach the London Coney roundabout and the M25. Heavy anti-clockwise from the M1 at Junction 21 to 19 for Watford and again from 17 Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. Chris Humphreys, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. There are claims that one of the women in the missing Luton family, believed to be in Syria, may be behind their disappearance. A community leader says a daughter-in-law who had already been radicalised is thought to have engineered the initial trip to Bangladesh. Meanwhile, the Defence Secretary will tell Parliament later that MPs should consider allowing Britain to bomb Islamic State targets in Syria in the wake of the attack on British tourists in Tunisia. And a woman from Bedfordshire is demanding to know why she was made to wait four hours for an ambulance after dislocating her knee. Three Counties Sport. BBC Three Counties Radio. England are out of the Women's World Cup in Canada, losing their semi-final 2-1 to Japan, with defender Laura Bassett scoring a stoppage-time own goal. Here's England coach Mark Sampson. We came to this tournament as huge underdog, with the weight of a nation on our back and sceptics and critics to say that we weren't good enough to get this far. And, and they, I'm just so proud of them. They, they've really inspired the nation back home and they deserve to go back home now as, as heroes. They've played their hearts out, they've given their all and we should all be very proud of them. Watford have completed the permanent signing of striker Matej Vidra on a five-year contract from Italian sister club Udinese and defender Gabriel Angela has signed a new five-year contract. Luton have taken their summer signings to eight. Former Colchester and Dagenham defender Magnus Okongai has signed a two-year deal. Northern Ireland international winger Paddy McCourt has joined having left Brighton. Hertfordshire's Aliash Bedene is in second round action at Wimbledon today. The Welling Garden City player faces the 22nd seed, Serbia's Victor Troiki. Andy Murray is first on court one against Robin Huss. He likes the, likes the grass. You know, he's played well here in, in the past. I remember a few years ago he pushed Rafa very hard. I think it was five sets. And yeah, he, he quite enjoys the, the big stages as well. So again, he'll, he'll come out and, and go for his shots and, and make it tough. So I'll need to be ready for that one. Some of the top female golfers in the world are involved in the Ladies' European Masters, which starts today at the Buckinghamshire Golf Club. Woburn-based Charlie Hull features, as do Bedford's Holly Aitchison and Hertfordshire's Hannah Burke. And Bedfordshire's Olympic cycling champion Victoria Pendleton makes her horse racing debut this evening as an amateur rider at Newbury. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Coming up, we've got a monkey. Peter Talk will be on uh, in 10, 15 minutes. I don't really understand. Um, but uh, until then, we can take your calls. Eight ones. I, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly wary of going down the full-on Muslim route again. We, you know, we, uh, you know, if you want to talk about it, you can. Oh, three four five nine four double five five double five. But let's only. Here's the rule: you, you can phone in, only phone in and talk about it if you've got something completely new and original to say. There we go. That's that's what we'll do. Otherwise, you know, we're just um, we're, we're just uh, Nick Ferrari or so, Ian Dale. So know. what are we crossing off? If they want to go, let them go. Are we crossing that one off? That, we don't that one's that done. Again. Yeah, we don't need to do that one. And um, what's the other one? Mm. L- well, let's let have me, a meeting. Yeah, is that, is that, are we crossing that one off? Well, um, the, um, <clears throat> actually, yeah. If you got something, if you got something, what you think is new and original, um, then phone up oh three four five nine four double five five double five. We also got what do you do after swimming? What have you broken in the last twenty four hours? What's the oldest thing you've broken? How on a scale of one to ten? I should have asked Peter this. How broken is Britain? Three point three, says Tony. Tough times, songs, and what have you poo-pooed? What did I poo-pooed? What was that? Um, Blu-ray. 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 But before that, there's something else. Saying that, though, I have... Facebook. I have have backed the wrong horse in the great VHS beta wars of the early 80s. I backed beta. I backed Betamax, and I used to get beaten up at school for having Betamax. Imagine that. Tough times. You're looking at the proud owner of a now unused mini-disc player. There we go, Miss... I mean, as as, as it was with Betamax, as it was with the mini-disc, much better quality, guys. Much better quality. Just when you go to the video store, when you go to Video City on the Farnham Road, there's a tiny, tiny corner of Betamax films. About 12. How many times can a child watch Heaven Can Wait? I mean, really. That's a good film. It's a great film, but for for an eight-year-old, for the fourth time, no. All they had in Video City on the Farnham Road, for a while we had our own Betamax store, they closed that down. All we had, Heaven Can Wait, That Darn Cat, <laughs> and Herbie Goes Bananas. Oh. That was it. That was the only choice we had. Ay, ay, ay. As if that wasn't punishment enough, I would get the Watsits kicked out of me at school. It's having Betamax. I think kids have got it tough these days. Well, <sighs> uh, uh, Sad times. Sad, tough times. Pete's on the line. Morning, Pete. Good morning, my friend. How are you? I'm all right, fella. What you got for us? Well, I'm on about, you're on about yesterday. I mean, I had a go at your, your fairy um, poker. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, want, I want to change the word berry to nuts. Right. Okay, hang on a second. Hang on. Yeah, hang on, let me think, let me think. Okay, go on, let's have a little go then. Okay. Are you going to start or me? I'll start, then it'll be um, Catherine, then it'll be Kelly, then it'll be you. Yeah, okay. First one. Nut. <laughs> Catherine? Butternut squash. Wheel nut. What? Wheel nut. Oh, I thought you said wheel nut. Wheel nut. Wheel. Wheel nut, yes. Pete, what's yours? Chestnut. Okay. Oh. Are your chestnuts roasting? Mine are. <laughs> they were last night. Cold flannel around them apparently helps. Um, okay, okay. Nut job. <laughs> oh. Um. It's a tough one. Nut, nut poker is. Monkey nut. There we go. Peter Tor coming up in 10 minutes. Kelly Betts? Walnuts. Walnuts, okay. Pete? Wing nut. What? Wing nut. Okay, okay. Nutter. Right. Bittle nut. What? A betel nut. Oh, it's what they chew. Oh, f- Kelly Betts. Pine nut. 
Yay, she's yeah. good. I've heard of that. Pete. Hazelnut. Oh, yeah. Hang on a second. This game doesn't work. It does. It's still got a nut. Yeah, we're just going to say different types of nut because I'm now going to say peanut. And I'm going to say Brazil nut. Yeah, and then Kelly's going to say walnut, and then done walnut, then she'll be out. Yeah, okay. Um, I, uh, okay. Well, Kelly. Oh, hang on, Kelly might be out actually. It's good. Oh, hang on, I'm just thinking of a different way of saying it. Okay, you've got you've got some thinking time. Here we go. You got something? Yeah. Stop the clock. Donut. There we go. Okay. All right. Pete, your turn. Nuts food. Oh. Okay, okay. Nutbush city limits. <laughs> okay, this game's fun. I'm in. Go, okay, Catherine. Okay. Can I have some thinking? Um, yeah. Here we go. You've got the tail end of Kelly's think. Three, two, one. She's out. She's out. She's out. She's out. She's out. Kelly, have you got anything? Do not. No, she's out. Do not do that. <laughs> Pete, it's mano a mano, okay? It's the it's the death match. It's you versus me. What have okay. you got? Vada, you're out. Thank you very much indeed. Yes! That's the radio equivalent of, and you won't remember this, Kelly, because you weren't born when this was played. Catherine, you'll remember this. The cabbages game on Cracker Jack. Do you remember the cabbages yeah, game? You oh. ended up having to hold them. You ended up having to hold them. So you'd, you'd hold, um, did you, now, hang on, how did it work? Did you just have to hold cabbages or did you get to hold toys as well? Or did you choose the cabbage toys? cabbage became a toy, didn't it? I thought that you had to hold like a Scalex tricks, and then you had to hold a cabbage, yeah. and then you had to hold black and white TV, and then you had to hold another cabbage. Roller boots. Then there are disco boots. And then another cabbage, and you dropped the cabbage, and you lost everything, I think? Does someone... Uh, we don't do kids' programmes from the 70s, but... We'll do that one. Does anyone remember the rules for the cabbage game on Cracker Jack, guys? 03459 455 555. Any other uh, form of poker, more than happy to play. And I tell you what, let's make it interesting. Let's play for cash. We're not allowed to at the BBC, but I'll, if you meet me around the back, and I'm having a cheeky growler, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we can sort each other out. Tony's Financially. too late with numb, by the way. No, Tony's yes, too. yes. Uh, Robin Bedford says, The oldest thing I've broken is a 30 to 40 million year fossil. Flip. I was cleaning the dirt from it after digging it out of the ground and cracked it. Beat that. There we go, you see. Well, can, can, can we, uh, have you broken anything older than 40 million years old? I mean... My nan was close to that, I'm sure, judging by her um, did you break her? chin. Yes, I did, eventually. It was tough work, but I finally got inside her mind. <laughs> that old bird cracked. I finally... Hey, don't speak about my nan like that. But, she was old. Uh, oh, I misheard you, sorry. Hey, I've got some serious text. Do you want these two? Um, yes. I think most of the true Brits are fed up with hearing about Muslims, Ramadan, Quran, etc., says Bobby Dunstable. If a family want to go and support terrorists, then let them go and don't let them back. Don't give them all this publicity. They'll do it all the more. Well, they can only do it once. I, I don't think that um, this family will be dancing around in their apartment in Syria going, Yes! Bit that bloke that used to do the 11 o'clock show is talking about us on 3CR. Yes! We got it, guys. This is exactly what we wanted. We got it. But they probably will be when they I hear the podcast. To, I used to love Rise, and now he's talking about me. Have it large. Have it large, Syrian styley. Serious tweet from Snuffers. Yes. 
Please is, it, is it serious? It is, though. Okay, right, fine. Well, it's one. serious and Syrian. Oh, it's, it's a serious. serious text, yes. Please don't make the mistake of thinking that IS is a two-bit operation living no. in caves, riding around like a bunch of cowboys. They bring in $3 million a day yeah, yeah, from yeah. oil smuggling and traffic. This is the thing, they're not living in caves, mate. They ain't living in caves. He says, joining IS could provide you with a lot of wealth. They're an incredibly well-organised group. We shouldn't underestimate them. Thanks, Snuffers. Buzzkill, but thanks. What? Stick poker. Uh, g- g- uh, go on. Stickle brick. Oh, no. Oh, hang on. Stick There's no it- stick in there. Stick insects. Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, stickle brick. Stick insects. Sticky tape. My stick insects have had babies. I think I killed one. Well, he was on a, He was on this. I've got. now got to separate all of the poo from the eggs. Tricky. Yeah, it is tricky. And there's a little one. I think I crushed him because I was trying to flick him back into the net, into the cage. And I think I, um, well, I don't think... Well, I still... Oh, life is cheap to you, isn't it? <laughs> stick insects. Stick insects, Catherine. Uh, we've, I've did it. What? I said sticky tape. Okay. Walking stick. Okay. When we, we, we went to some charity shops yesterday in Hitchin, and there was one that had a great selection of walking sticks. You can Im- only imagine they came from dead old men. You, you kind of have to imagine that's where they came from. And so I picked one up and was going, well, this is good. It was a long one. You don't really see long walking sticks very much. And then Catherine said, what do you want it for? I said, oh, I can beat the kids with it. And in the, the two women in the shop looked at me and said, oh, no, 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 I'm, jo- I'm joking. I wouldn't actually beat the kids with it, but I'd threaten to beat them with it. They laughed at that. So that, that was acceptable. I think it was nervous laughter. I was, I was waving it in their, their haggard old faces. <laughs> wow. Morning, if you're listening. Nice ladies from the they charity were ve- shop. They were very nice, actually. They were delightful. Just, you know. Where you I've got one. It's my girl. Sticking plaster. Umpa, umpa, stick it, I'll be jumper. But now we're just going to. No, no. Yeah. Because that's just saying stick. That's just saying the word stick in well, a sentence. You can say stick, you just missed it. All right, I'm going to stick it to you. No, it's not your turn. Oh, Kelly's. Is Kelly out? No. Yeah, she's out. No, why am I out? Because I just jumped in in front of you. Well, I'm going to jump back in. Well, you can't. David Stickinson. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you were building up to? Is that the whole reason you. Oh, for crying out. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If uh, you um, want to give us a call, then you're more than welcome to. Now, there's a, there's a story in the Sun. Have you seen this? Right, and he's being hailed as a hero. I would say his parents. It's, I say this 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 kid. Um, he's not a hero. He's an idiot. And yeah, I've just called a four year old boy an idiot on uh, local radio. He's not in this area, is he? No. A brave lad. No, dumb lad. Aged four. Wearing Superman pyjamas, chased a burglar who stole a TV from his home. Oh, you absolute numpty. The raider disturbed Travis Ryan by climbing through a window, but his sleeping mum did not wake up. When Travis asked the female intruder what she was doing, she cheekily said she was taking the telly to be fixed. She then fled with it, pursued along the street by the boy, who later returned to tell Big Brother Brody, eight, what had happened. I mean, these, these names of, of these children, permission to speak freely, are ridiculous. Listen to these names. Mum, Tony, who also has Salem, three, oh. 
ridiculous. And Alexander won. Oh, it's not a bad name. Yesterday prayed Travis. Praised Travis. She said Travis went out wearing only his pyjamas and then chased her to the end of the street. It's pretty scary, but I do not think he was right at all. I think if he'd managed to catch her, he would have shouted at her. That would have taught a lesson. My three-year-old was going to go too, but he didn't want to leave the baby. That, now, you, Jonathan was talking about hitting kids yesterday. That kid deserves a slap, doesn't he? <laughs> no. Don't leave the house to chase burglars again! Because that's a stupid... That's a dumb... Th I wouldn't chase a burglar nicking a TV. I would have when I was a kid, but I thought it was magic. At four years old, mm. though. That's just... I mean, that's just ridiculous, isn't it? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Really slow going south on the A41 now from the Hemel Hempstead turn off for the A414 down to the M25 at Kings Langley. The A414 itself really slow between the town centre of Hemel Hempstead and the M1 at Junction 7. And the M1, that's heavy going south still from the Luton Airport Spur Road, that's Junction 10 to Redbourne at 9. And the A5's also heavy going south from Dunstable down towards Mark Yates. Not too bad for, from Mark Yates to Redbourne and the M1. The M25, that's heavy on the anti clockwise side from the M1 at Junction 21 to Watford at 19 and again from Maple Cross at 17 to the M40 at 16. Not too bad on the clockwise side right now though. Chris Humphreys, BBC Three Counties Radio. Chris, thank you very much. 7.46, it is uh, Thursday the 2nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There are claims that a daughter-in-law in the missing Luton family, believed to be in Syria, may be behind their disappearance. A woman from Bedfordshire is demanding to know why she was made to wait four hours for an ambulance after dislocating her knee. And England have lost their semi-final at the Women's World Cup, losing 2-1 to Japan thanks to an own goal in stoppage time. Let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. We might well see one or two showers around, particularly this afternoon in places. It's still going to be very warm today, but it won't be quite as hot as it was yesterday when we saw temperatures up into the mid-30s. Uh, today we're looking like more mid-20s, so much more comfortable, but it's still quite muggy and humid, the air. Uh, there will be some sunshine around at times, although in general it's a lot cloudier than it was yesterday. The best of the sunshine at the moment, and where it will probably stay today, is towards eastern areas, so... Uh, across parts of Hertfordshire it's pretty pretty nice actually um, so lots of sunshine around through this morning in places as we head into the afternoon we run the risk of catching those scattered showers and uh, they could be quite heavy and thundery although we're more likely to see uh, thunder lightning and hail than we are to see um, particularly heavy downpours now temperatures this afternoon away from the showers um, up into the mid to the high 20s we might even get 27 or 28 degrees celsius although the presence of those showers would of course make it feel a little bit cooler overnight tonight it's a fairly quiet night. We're looking at lows of around 16 or 17 degrees. So still quite close, but not as uncomfortable as last night. Tomorrow it's going to be another very warm day. We could be pushing 30 degrees again today. It's going to be dry. There'll be lots of sunshine. Some thunderstorms on Friday night into Saturday. And then Saturday, another lovely day. 27 degrees, lots of sunshine. That's the forecast. 
If you've missed any of the programmes here on BBC Three Counties Radio, you've missed things like this. Put it this way, I used to drink at least eight or nine litres of cider a day. Well, as I mentioned earlier, it's no secret that I enjoy a glass or two of Pinot Grigio. There's more information on the dinner things, its content, than there is on the bottle of wine. But there is a way you can hear it all again. I'm the worst kind of person in terms of someone that may have problems in the future because I'm what I would consider a middle-class drinker. BBC.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio. Sorry, this is probably not a good conversation to be having with a former alcoholic. <laughs> Allowing you to listen to what you missed. What you missed. These things got to be spoke about, haven't they? So, I mean, yes. I've no intention of going back to it. I've got too much to lose now. BBC.co.uk slash Three Counties Radio. So, anyway, uh, the monkeys, hey, hey. Uh, well, two of them uh, are coming to play two gigs in uh, Britain. Uh, one is um, in a Mosley Folk Festival on Sunday, September the 6th. It's in Birmingham. Going to go to that one. And then uh, they're playing one on Friday, September the 4th, uh, the Hammersmith Odeon. I'm going to that one. It's like you like the movies or something. I'm taking my eldest son with me as well. It's going to be his first ever... He doesn't know yet. It's his first ever concert. He doesn't know I do this job, so they won't be listening. It's his first ever concert. It's going to be the monkeys. Anyway, uh, 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 the other week I got to speak to Peter Talk, uh, who's very, very old. Uh, this is what he sounds like. Hello, Peter. How are you doing? Nice to talk to you. Good to talk to you again. Hey. We have. I know that we have spoken many times. It's actually stuck in this poor old memory of mine that we've spoken on a couple of occasions. We, we've spoken a few times, Peter. It's always good to talk to you, as you know. Uh, well, uh, no, I'm going to come out with it. I'm a massive stalker, and I follow you from place to place. I love you, man! Is that you? Yes! I've been wondering who that was. <laughs> I'm that fella! Hey, listen, it's so exciting to have you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate your time. And it's so exciting that you and Mickey are coming back to the UK. I'm excited myself. <clears throat> I like that country of yours, that little blessed scepter dial. It's not bad, is it? And we used to own your country, and we were good enough to let you have it. Uh, I wouldn't go so far <laughs> as to say that. Listen, you... you, you... And, and listen, hey, be careful. Your time's changed. You're having a hard time hanging on to Scotland, so... <laughs> <laughs> Um, listen, it's so exciting. You're coming, you're playing a couple of gigs, including the Hammersmith... Well, I don't know what it's called now. I always call it the Hammersmith Odeon, but I think it's something like the Event Time Apollo or something. September... Hammersmith Apollo, I, uh, Hammersmith Apollo, I think. Oh, it's, it, it's one of those venues, Peter, that's changed its name. So it was the Labots Apollo, and, you know, it's all of these... All I'm a very old man, but, but it's the big venue in Hammersmith, September the 4th. Um, you've done a few shows with just you and Mickey recently, haven't you? How have those gone? They've gone uh, surprisingly well. I actually must tell you, I was, uh, I had a little trepidation. I was concerned lest two of us could not do justice to the monkey's show. Uh, but uh, with uh, Davy irretrievably gone and Michael having opted out, uh, we had only two choices. One of them was to try it and the other was to let it go. And I, you know, if it could be done, was my thought, I'd like to carry on doing it. And the four shows we've done so far here stateside have been have they gone very well. Uh, I've, uh, I, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Some things are better than ever. Um, it's like when there's three of us, there's too many uh, more things going on than, than we can actually account for. And with just the two of us, it seems to be more focused. Uh, I'm, I'm actually pleased. I came over to the States and saw a couple of the shows with Mike after Davey passed. That must have been a... Str- I, I, I imagine that was a strange transition. What was it... Um, go, go on, sorry. No, not too bad. Not too bad. Sorry to see Davey go, you know, uh, poor lad. But 
you work with uh, you, you. There's Mike on stage, and you know he contributed so much to uh, to the uh, uh, songbook and to the to who we were as an operation um, that uh, we were just delighted to take advantage of what 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 he brought to the table. And is there a reason he's not doing this? He's not just done another disappearing act, has he? Or is he just kind of he's just tired of it? I do not know. Uh, Michael doesn't uh, does not impart motivation. He just tells us what he's doing. He says, "I'm not. I'm, I don't want to do this anymore." Mm. And we say, "Okay, you know." And he says, <laughs> "He said not not only did he say I don't want to do this anymore. He said I want not to do this anymore." Oh, blind. So, uh, so he was uh, quite adamant about it. The thing about uh, you, Peter, the, you you can't stop, can you? I hope not. Well, I'm sure that God will stop me in his own good time. <laughs> but uh, but uh, of my own volition, no, probably not. I, I'd like not to stop. The first time that it was just you and Mickey, I think it was in Canada, when, when you w- walked out on stage, I mean, how are you feeling? Because it's the first time that y- you guys have done it as a duo. It must have been weird after, after having Davey for so long, after having Mike for a couple of years. It must have been odd. It was strange. The strangest thing, you know, is we... Um, the monkeys have always had a huddle before a show. Mm. We grab all four of us have before a show. We grab each other and we have a huddle and we have a few uh, incantatory words. And uh, we didn't get a huddle this time. It was a hug. <laughs> <laughs> firm handshake. Yeah, right. A firm, yeah, firm clasp. A hearty hand clasp. Um, so it was. Uh, it was strange in that respect. But you know, as I was saying before. Um, it, it uh, amazingly enough, there seems to be more focus to the show than there was mm. in previous times. I'll be doing most of the uh, 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 Michael and, and a couple of Davy songs. We also have video of those guys. Yeah. You know, we're, we're putting we're putting Michael up on video and we're putting Davy up on video. And uh, meanwhile, Mickey and I are going to jump off stage and start gasping furiously for a minute before we resume the stage, looking chipper and youthful as always. How does what the how how does Mickey Dolenz keep his his voice is sounding better than ever? What on earth is, is is he doing black magic? Is there voodoo going on? You know the story of Dorian Gray? Yeah, yeah. The portrait, the portrait of Dorian Gray. Yeah. Well, there's a record. <laughs> <laughs> well, his voice is getting worse and worse and worse while his his uh, living voice remains youthful and vibrant. It'll catch up to him sooner or later. Yeah, I don't understand it. He uh, he he warms up. He does all the vocal stuff. Yeah, he has always sounded fabulous, um, and um, and it's just amazing. You know, you sit there and stand there, and it's his voice, and it's the same voice singing those great songs. And holy cow, you know what? I'm just delighted to be on stage with it. It's it's the 49th anniversary of the monkeys. I'm so excited you're coming because I I'm I've been given permission by my wife to bring my 5-year-old son to the concert. His first ever concert. It's his he loves you lot. He absolutely loves you lot. He's, you've I know you've had years and years of this of parents bringing their kids and then grandparents bringing their grandkids. It must be so joyous to look out and sing a song that's nearly 50 years old and there's kiddies in the front row digging it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's just magnificent. I'm only afraid that uh, a five-year-old who has seen some of the TV shows will be in for a weird shot. <laughs> you know, my um, my uh, I had a, a a girlfriend I used to hang with had a niece who 
uh, met me first <clears throat> and then saw the TV show. Mm. And they said, did you recognize Peter? She said, very young girl, five or six or something. She said, yeah, but he was newer then. <laughs> uh, uh, this year, okay, I've seen, um, I've seen the Beach Boys. I've seen Paul McCartney. I'm seeing a British actor called Jim Dale do a one-man show. I'm seeing you lot. Not one of you is under the age of 70. Astounding. And it, how do we do it? Well, how do you do it though? Because you've got, you've still got. And I, listen, I know you've lived a bit, and I know you've had, uh, you know, you've been ill, and you've, you've you've dealt with kind of personal issues and things. Yet at the age of, I mean, how old? May I ask how old you are, sir? I am seventy-three. <laughs> you've got the age of a sixty-nine-year-old. No, you've got you've got the um. The, very the... good. Very funny. That's very funny. No, you've got the you've got the agility of someone much younger than yourself. You and and it's and I, I have seen the show, and it is um. You know, you're not sat down on stool. You don't come out in, in with walkers or anything. You you do a full-on, powerful concert. You must be exhausted at the end of it. I can uh, I can I could go for another hour and a half if I had to, doing that same thing. I mean, you know, I have to. Uh, I, I am glad to be able to get off stage a little more often. Yeah. And um, and and sit down and and uh, have a drink of water and. Uh, you know, and spray some cool mist into my face or something. I don't know what, but uh, but no. At the end of a show, I'm I'm just as charged as I was at the beginning. I get off stage and I'm delighted. So I'd we, love to, I I could do two. It's not. <laughs> so it's not like the '60s then, Peter, when you you were famously wore an orgy organizer badge and you had you know naked parties in your swimming pool. Uh, have those yeah, days so, long gone? Is this okay on, on public airways? Are you <laughs> well, you wore an okay. orgy organizer badge in teen magazines in the '60s. I no, but it wasn't. It wasn't like that, Ian. It was just you know, people were just we were nudists back then. That's all. We just you know didn't wear clothes much if we could get away with it. But that's that's just uh, that's not orgies. My God, please, sir. I'm a moral man. <laughs> how how you how are you feeling, Peter? Because I know you, you you were poorly a few years ago. Are you are you well and healthy now? Is everything all right? Everything. All systems are going, and I seem to be in great shape. I'm. Uh, I'm not quite as strong as I used to be, and like I said, you know, I don't quite have the, the, uh, the, the, the wind, the breath power. Yeah. But, uh, but I'm, I'm, I am actually fit, very fit. Tip top, as they say. You know what I mean? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Delays building on the M25 on the anti-clockwise side from Kings Langley at Junction 20 to Chorley Wood at 18. Uh, two vans have hit each other in the outside lane just by the central barrier, so that's blocked at the moment, just the outside lane. The anti-clockwise side then heavy again from 17 Maple Cross to 16 for the M40. Now possibly because of that problems approaching Chorley Wood, the A41's really slow going south from the Hemel Hempstead turn off down to Kings Langley at Junction 20, and the A414's also slow heading between Hemel Hempstead Town centre and the M1 at Junction 7. The M1 itself quite heavy from the Luton Airport Spur Road to Redbourne at Junction 9. And on the railways, Abellio Greater Anglia services via Broxbourne being delayed by about 20 minutes. It's all because there's a problem with the level crossing barriers. Chris Humphreys, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Chris. <clears throat> Busy show, another hour to go, dear listeners. Yes, you can call in about the family that we think has gone to Syria, but only, only if you've got something new to say about it. If it's the same tired, old, boring, lazy cliches, then um, not for us. No, thank you. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, questions over Luton family fleeing to Syria, Bedfordshire woman waits four hours for an ambulance and World Cup defeat for England's women. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are claims that one of the women in the missing Luton family believed to be in Syria may be behind their disappearance. A community leader says a daughter-in-law who had already been radicalised is thought to have engineered the initial trip to Bangladesh. The 12-strong group, including two grandparents and a one-year-old child, have not been seen since they stopped off in Turkey in May. Our reporter Stephen Chittenden is in Luton this morning. Where are they, I suppose, is the big question. And if they have gone to Syria, why? Was there an element of radicalisation within the group of 12 or outside it? And also, why did the police choose to sit on this information for so long? Normally, uh, with missing persons inquiries, and they are, the police say they are treating this as such because the, that, that's the, the level of the investigation... Normally, they publicise it in order to um, put out witness appeals, that sort of thing. But they didn't. They sat on this information. In fact, it's only been made public because of a tip-off to uh, one of my colleagues at the BBC. Meanwhile, the Defence Secretary will tell Parliament later that MPs should consider allowing Britain to bomb Islamic State targets in Syria. The RAF has been carrying out strikes in Iraq since September, but Michael Fallon will say Parliament should look at the case for missions in Syria too in the wake of the attack on British tourists in Tunisia. A woman from Bedfordshire is demanding to know why she was made to wait four hours for an ambulance. Tracy Ellis from Leighton Buzzard called the East of England Ambulance Service after dislocating her knee. She then waited for four hours for someone to arrive, as Sophie Solaria reports. 45-year-old Tracy Ellis was told an ambulance was on its way after she twisted her knee in her flat in Leighton Buzzard. She made the call at 3.40pm on Thursday the 18th of June, then lay on the floor until almost 8pm for the ambulance to arrive. Arrive. Meanwhile, the East of England Ambulance Service say they made courtesy calls as she waited for help to arrive and say they've now launched an investigation into what happened. Train services in Buckinghamshire between Marlow and Bourne End are expected to return to normal this morning after a signalling problem caused by the track buckling in yesterday's high temperatures. Yesterday was the hottest July day on record with 36.7 Celsius or 98 Fahrenheit at Heathrow. In sport, England have lost their semi-final at the Women's World Cup losing 2-1 to Japan thanks to an own goal in stoppage time. Japan will face the USA in the final. England will meet Germany for third place. England captain Steph Horton says they gave it everything. We've been on an amazing journey and there's not one player that had any ounce of energy left on that pitch and that's football. It can be cruel at times but I think we can hold our heads high and try and pick ourselves up to go and play against Germany on Saturday. The weather, a fine start, but heavy and thundery showers will spread up from the south during this morning. Not as hot as yesterday, but still a maximum temperature of 27 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Simon. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy show this morning. Lots to talk about, including what have you broken in the last 24 hours? What's the oldest thing you've broken? I bought two 78 records yesterday, both about 60 years old. They've lasted 60 years within six minutes of me having them. I've broken them. I mean, ah, oh, I felt thoroughly ashamed of myself. Oh, well. 
And anything else you fancy calling in about 03459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. You can call in about this next story only if you've got something new to say. Otherwise, I really don't want to tread the same tired, old, boring, lazy cliches that we've heard a hundred times before. If you've got something new to say... Scaring everybody off from calling in, which, uh, you know, I don't mind at all. Well, let's give them examples of things we've heard. Um, okay. Let them go, who cares? Yeah, let them go, who cares? Don't let them come back in. Um, yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's hard to make... Thank you, Kelly Betts. It's, uh, it's hard to make this conversation original and fresh. So I just, you know, if you want to phone in about it and you've got something new to say, then, then do. Do you know what I'd be interested in? Someone who's been to Syria can tell us what it's actually like to live there because people get the wrong impression that people, you know, that it's Syria's all bombed nice out place. and people are living in caves. Syria is a nice place. You know, there's lots of nice buildings there. There's lots of history there. It's a nice place. Anyway, 03459 Which story? This story. Relatives of a family from, uh, uh, of 12 from Luton fear they've been tricked into going to Syria. A one-year-old and two pensioners are amongst the group which failed to return home from a trip to their home country of Bangladesh. It's thought they'd travelled to Syria via Turkey, but no-one knows why they are there. Well, Darwood Massoud is an anti-extremism activist from Luton. Uh, morning, Darwood. W- what do we think's going on here? Good morning, Ian. Uh, thank you for taking me on. I think uh, at the moment we have to be very cautious if you said they have joined ISIS uh, and gone to Syria because at the moment we don't have much uh, substantial information or evidence. Well, they've gone, they, they, they went to Turkey and they yep. went to the part of Turkey which is seen as a gateway to Syria, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and, and for example, they can get misplaced in Turkey as well. So, you know, in terms of that, we don't want to say anything uh, before before we get the. And full one evidence. of these women has, has has possibly tried to go to Syria before. Um, I'm I'm not sure about that. Uh, I, you know, I don't have that information myself. Um, so, you know, I can't really comment on that. And uh, the police haven't actually released the information regarding. No, it's that. Un- well, the police hadn't released any information about it until the BBC found out about it. Yes, that, that, that's true. Why, why are you being? Why are we? Why are we? Why are we tiptoeing around this? Why are we being cautious about suggesting where they may or might may not be? I think the main reason is that we don't want to, for example, we don't want the bad image of Lute, uh, bad image uh, coming into Luton because, as you know, Luton is already known as an uh, extreme hotbed, and everyone's eyes is on Luton at the moment. So in terms of that, you know, the actual authorities are being very cautious. They don't get the bad media in Luton. And I think main thing is we don't want to say something or say information which might not be correct and uh, which might hurt the actual family relatives who are in the UK uh, of the family. So okay. 12 people from a family, 12 people from a family, including kids and old people, have disappeared and they haven't contacted their family. Yes, uh, that, that's the information we are getting at the right. moment. However, so, if they if they if they have gone and joined Syria, you know, um, my personal point of view would be uh, that you know they've been brainwashed uh, if they have, and uh, you know I don't know why someone would join join them when we've seen all over the news the brutality that these people uh, portray, and uh, I think you know in terms of this group, 
you know, we've seen enough of it. And people, if they have traveled there, you know, we, like you said before, we would really like to hear from them how it is actually to live there. As far as we know, that these people are very un-Islamic. They don't represent the views of uh, the mainstream Muslims. And, uh, you know, these people, uh, you know, if they have been brainwashed, we need to know why they've been brainwashed. Have they been contacted by the police earlier? What's your definition of brain? What's your definition of brainwashing? Brainwashed is basically so. Uh, for example, how have they been uh, put? How have they been told uh, to come and join them if they have? And this is a question if. And in terms of also, you know, there are suggestions going around they, that they may be uh, demonized uh, by the authorities. Uh, this is, you know, they've already known uh, uh, these people. I've heard one comment from one of the members of community that knew them that told that they've been questioned earlier before uh, regarding, uh, um, you know, um, right. having views. So hang on, so hang on, hang on a minute, Dad. With the greatest respect, you don't want to assume that they've gone to IS or gone to Syria, but you're quite happy to take on the, the word of, of someone who said they've been questioned by the police. So you, you're no, kind of picking I, and choosing ever so slightly, sir. If they have been questioned by the police, so so what? What you're not suggesting that the police questioning them was, was is what caused them to go, are you? Um, you know, personally, you know, what I would say is a lot of people do feel, uh, you know, demonised when it comes to this type of... Uh, Supposing they've been questioned by the police because they were dodgepots that were considering going to Syria? Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe that may be right. And, uh, you know, not, not the whole family. Um, I think, you know, we have to see that the elders and the one-year-old baby who are very uh, vulnerable when it comes to this situation. Why aren't the elders responsible for their actions? I don't understand this bit. But the main reason is, you know, one of the uh, the grandparents, uh, you know, the, of the kid, uh, you know, they're ill, and I don't know why anyone would travel when. Well, you they've have... got hospitals in Syria. Yeah, but however, they don't have NHS like us. No, but they but, but the they've got obviously they've they've you know they, they, I don't understand why being old and ill would it, it, it takes away your responsibility. Let's go back to the thing about the um, the police questioning them. So what? Um, so, you know, I, I personally think, you know, the police questioning them, you know, we need to know the more information regarding that. Has the police questioned them as uh, one of the very close uh, member of the... Uh, who, okay. someone who and if the police had questioned them, what, what, what are you extracting from that? I don't understand. No, what I'm trying to get from that is, have, have they questioned them? Were they under the uh, eye of the, uh, you know, counter-terrorism people? And if they were, then why have, you know... They actually, there's many questions that people are asking and we don't have the full information regarding that. And, you know, there's many suggestions that are coming forward and then many different type of uh, views that are So coming. are you suggesting that, that if this, this family might have felt threatened by the police and so that's why they went to Syria? You know, a lot of people, for example, when they are under scrutiny, you know, they may be threatened. However, we at the moment, we, we're not sure if they have actually joined... Uh, no, I know. Uh, All right, Darwin, let's, let's just stop messing around. OK, we, we don't know for sure, OK? So we, we're yeah. kind of playing... We, we're kind of uh, investigating this. But you're, you're picking and choosing what you're believing and what you're, the, the, the uh, ideas that you're prepared to follow and what you're not. Indulge me. Let's assume they've gone to Syria. Are you suggesting that the fact that... Are you suggesting that because they may have been questioned by the police, that may have drove them to Syria? I personally think, you know, there may be a small part that plays uh, in this, you know. And, what, why? Uh, why that's, do, you know, do you know what? I'm getting really annoyed, right? Supposing the police questioned them because they were dodgepots. What's, yeah, the, police, it, it, what's it, the police supposed to do? No, no, the, when the country, they, they went to keep a very close eye on them. Right, what, but, 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 then, but, but, but because they may have questioned them, that, that it could be responsible for them going to Syria because they felt threatened by the police. 
No, no, you know, I, I don't mean in this way. I was I mentioning before there's a counterterrorism, uh, uh, you know, they may have uh, questioned, questioned the family before. So in, 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 you know, in terms of that, you know, they might be felt threatened and uh, because of that they might have... Uh, no, I'm not having that. I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. Because they, were, because they may have been questioned by the police, they may have felt threatened, so they went to Syria. No, oh, David, I, when are we going to start... I, I, when I'm are we going to... This is the thing. When are we going to stop blaming everybody else, OK? And when are we going to start... Hey, listen, you know if someone... Um, if someone robs my house, OK... Yeah. Who, who, who do I blame? I blame the robber. I don't blame yeah. their mum. I don't blame yeah. the fact that the police might have questioned them before about something. So, I don't blame uh, the fact uh, that they got, uh, they got uh, beaten uh, up in school. I blame uh, the robber. Uh, why, can't, why can't we say, if this fa- let's assume this family have gone to Syria, why can't we assume, why, why has it got to be everybody else's fault and not their fault? No, no, if they have been brainwashed, it's their fault, they, you know. They but again, brain, by they, saying they, brainwashing, you are releasing them of some of their responsibility. But the, the phrase brainwashing implies that they are not at their full mental capability. So it's still, to a certain extent, not their fault. No, I'm saying that if they have made a choice to go and live there, then it is, you know, they, they have to follow the, follow their choice. However, you know, we need to know the more information that is being, you know, that needs to be released to the public regarding what has happened, you know, what inquiries were taken place beforehand, and uh, were these people uh, known before as a part of, uh, you know, be a part of uh, people who were brainwashed by, uh, you know, Daesh, that I would call, not Islamic State, Daesh, uh, these people, were they brainwashed by them? So we need, there needs to be more information that has to be uh, released to the public so we know about it, and at the moment we don't have enough information and i don't want to say something but yet you but we, Dawa, with the greatest respect you don't want to say anything about it yet you're, you're on this station you've been on five live you're doing loads of other stations so if you don't want to talk about it then why are you accepting interview requests no no I, i'm not saying regarding i'm just saying that you know we uh, the situation that has taken place we're just saying that this uh, you know these people they're misplaced you know, we don't have full information. We don't want to comment more you know, about it. But yet this. you're accepting at least three interview requests this morning. If you don't want to comment about it, then why are you commenting about no, it? I, I didn't say that. I have commented about it. The, uh, the point of view that I'm putting forward is that, you know, we don't have enough information at the moment. And uh, these people... But yet you're also have... quite happy to surmise that the, the police... So you, we don't have the information of where they might be. So you don't want to, you don't want to kind of question that anymore or go down that yeah. route. But someone told you that they might have been questioned by the police and you're prepared to buy into that? No, no. One of the very, you know, I've heard one of the interviews and one of a very, uh, someone who knows them has said that and it's in the news, you can read it yourself. Yeah, well, it's in the news that they might have gone to Syria, but yet you won't indulge that. Yeah, because I wouldn't take that because at the moment we're not sure. We don't have much information. <laughs> oh, but you, but you don't know that the police question them, but yet you keep bringing that up. Do you not see the contradiction? No, no I'm saying, for example... The person who he said that the family told him. Okay, so this is what I'm saying. So if someone really, really well, but you don't know that that's true, Dawood. I'm yes, going to let you okay. go. I'm going to let okay. you go, mate. I'm going to let you go because. Oh. I've finally managed to upset the uh, in inverted commas racists. You seen the text from Pat? Do you want to read it, Catherine? Well, I mean, I don't want to say that Pat is racist, no. but he certainly is, I don't know whether you're listening to the same programme uh, uh, that we're doing, because <laughs> he's suggesting that we're allowing people to, to spout out, rubbish. I think they've great. been 
pretty much questioned all the way through. Um, Pat says, you allow a Muslim teacher to speak utter tosh yesterday. Did we? Did you hear that interview? No, mate, didn't. A doctor on this morning talking more rubbish. Didn't allow him to. He went challenged. And any other Muslim you can get on your show. We never do the Muslim stories. We've done it two days because they're big stories. But when it comes to any other non-Muslims, you restrict their views by putting rules down to what you want to hear. What happened to impartiality? It's all one-sided. You see, I'm upsetting the the hardcore Muslims and I'm upsetting the the hardcore racists. Does he mean that he's um, annoyed that he can't come on and say what you say every single time one of these stories comes up? If you want to come on, Pat, Pat, phone Pat up. Let's get Pat on. Let's let's hear Pat's original argument that's not been put forward by anyone ever anywhere about this. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Queues on the anti-clockwise M25 from Junction 21 for the M1 to 18 Chorley Wood. You're being held very briefly about 15 minutes ago. That's all because of a crash in the outside lane. That's now onto the hard shoulder though. The anti-clockwise side heavy again then from Maple Cross at 17 to the M40 at 16. The A41, that's really slow still heading south from the Hemel Hempstead turn off for the A414 down to the M25 at Kings Langley. Then of course if you're heading onto the anti-clockwise side, you'll join those queues. And the M1, that's heavy going south from Junction 10, the Luton Airport Spur Road, down to 9 for Redbourne, and also heavy on the A5 from Dunstable towards Mark Yates. Not too bad, though, from Mark Yates towards the M1. Annabelia Greater Anglia trains via Broxbourne, being delayed by 20 minutes. There's a problem with the barriers at the level crossing. Chris Humphreys, BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't want to talk about this story because we don't quite know what's happened. But yeah, I've accepted your request for an interview. I've accepted Five Live. I think he's been on Radio 4 as well this morning. And I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, let's, we don't know they've gone to Syria. But I read a story from a neighbour who said that they told him the police had... Oh, it does my head in. does my head in. Anyway, it's uh, 8.17, it's Thursday the 2nd of July. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There are claims that a daughter-in-law in the missing Luton family, believed to be in Syria, may be behind their disappearance. A woman from Bedfordshire is demanding to know why she was made to wait four hours for an ambulance after dislocating her knee, and England have lost their semi-final at the Women's World Cup, losing 2-1 to Japan, proving that, well, women's football is just as dull as men's football. Every weekday from three. The East of England Ambulance Service are urging us to stay safe in the heat and take sensible precautions. Barry is in Bedford. Hi, Barry. Hi, Rob. Right, I've got a little story about bad breath and it's quite embarrassing, really, but uh, I do don't, suffer... Don't be embarrassed. Yes, Roberto Peroni. Yes, yeah, we kiss them and cut oh, them. Oh, no, and you don't kiss neck. an animal. Yeah. No. Yes. So you've started an online petition to raise money to pay the Greek debt? Oh, that's right. Um, I was fed up with um, politicians going round in circles and I thought, you know what, let's just crack on and let's see if we can do something with it. Roberto Peroni, weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Hello. You're Oh, charming. This does feel like we need we need Roberta there, uh, we need Oxley there in this b- big spanking new studio, maybe for a spanking, who knows? And we could do a proper debate, a proper political Ooh. debate about um oh that was t- something topical. I don't know, t- Tony Blair. I, I, I don't know. Tony Blair. Topical. Right. Do we agree that he's good? At stuff? <laughs> Joined by Jonathan Vernon Smith. Jonathan, right. do you think Tony Blair's good at stuff? Huh? 
Um, I'd really rather not get into that conversation. Oh, you see, what kind of po- now? The thing is, if this was a political debate, I would mm. I would tear you apart. Would you? I would rip you to shreds. Would you? I would I would make you cr- you be in the, that corner in your pants crying by the end of the interview. Right. Yeah. Mm. That's the impact you, I have. <laughs> he's leaning back in his chair like some kind of hard man. I'm pretending here. to smoke a rolly as well. Yeah. Yes, I would take you down. <laughs> <a second. laughs> Do you remember? Well, you, you you must have worked in um, radio long enough to remember when people were allowed to smoke in studios. Do you remember? Oh, that? I used to smoke. Yeah, I used to smoke in, in studio. studios. Mm. Oh, yeah, a long time ago. Well, funny, it was uh, it? disgusting. You used to have a can of coke and uh, you tap the ash into the top of the can of coke, <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end of the show, you just kind of swill it all around and then put it in the bin. I thought you were going to say have a swig. Disgusting. <laughs> horrible, isn't horrible it? Horrible days. Horrible, horrible. What's on your show this morning? Well, of course, we are <clears> discussing uh, our biggest local story today. Yes. From nine this morning, I'm going to be asking, what do you think we should do about the Luton family who've gone to Syria? A family of 12 from Luton are believed to have fled to Syria. Local community leaders suspect a young woman amongst the group who'd already been radicalised planned the trip, which was originally banned for Bangladesh. Well, the family group includes two grandparents and a one-year-old child. They've not made contact with their family and they haven't been seen since they stopped off in Turkey in May. But from nine this morning, I want to hear your reaction to this. What do you think we should do about the Luton family who've gone to Syria? Maybe your gut reaction to that is absolutely nothing. Good riddance. If they don't want to be here, if they want to go and die in Syria, leave them to it. Or maybe you feel we have a duty to the grandparents, to the children in that family setup to at least try and find out where they are and to make sure that they are happy with where they have ended up going to. From nine this morning, your reaction. And I also want to explore, what do you think has made this family go to Syria? What is behind it? And is there anything constructive we can learn from this and try and do to stop other families doing the same thing? From Nine, your calls on 03459 455 555. I'm chuckling because you teased me then. Yeah, I'm I reached, sorry. I, I reached I, to finger my um, knob and uh, then you threw in like a little epilogue I there. Well, I, a just, I just suddenly thought, I, I, I want to just mention this. Well, you freestyle in there. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, you should. Do, I like that. Naughty. Right, out on BBC Three Counties Radio. Ta-ta. Now we've got um we'll, we'll, we've got taxes and stuff. We'll go to the taxes. Surprise, surprise, Pat, who complained um, that I was being one-sided. One-sided, Pat. Are you listening? You're listening, right? But you're not listening. You're listening. You're hearing words, but you're not hearing what those words mean. And it's fine. We've all done that. Maybe you're busy. I don't know what's going on, but Pat's not answering his phone, which is a real shame. Uh, Now, a Bedfordshire woman is questioning the ambulance call-out system after she was left waiting for four hours in agony. Uh, Tracy Ellis um, uh, is uh, from Leighton Buzzard and joins me now. Morning, Tracy. Morning. So tell me what happened, because this sounds absolutely horrible. Um, Yeah, it was. um, What happened is um, I dislocated my knee about two weeks ago and I called an ambulance at 3.40. Yeah. And it didn't actually um, arrive till 7.50. Now, you say dislocated your knee. How did you yeah. do that? I was just literally walking into my bedroom and um, it just went on me. Isn't that fun? The, uh, the, 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 quite often the worst injuries are just from, like, getting out of a chair or, or, or turning a corner, aren't they? It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and um, now, when you say dislocated your knee, do you mean that the, the kneecap kind of shifted? Yeah, the kneecap actually shifted right to the... Um, 
inside, so completely out of place. Flipping it. Now, as anyone who's had a bash to the knee will know, that's painful. That You must have been in agony. I was. I was literally in agony. I was literally in tears. I was quite my eyes out in pain. Okay, so you're stuck on the floor. Your yeah. kneecap shifted around to the back of the leg. Yeah, um, well, to the side of the leg. To the side of the leg, sorry. Yeah. Um, and you hadn't bashed it or anything? No, no, just she walking. Okay, um, how did you get to the phone? Um, I managed to drag myself across the floor on my backside to the phone and I couldn't reach it and um, my little puppy pushed the phone onto the floor to me and pushed it along with her nose so that I could reach it. Now, I read this earlier on, Tracy. Is that true? You've not just put that in as a nice little embellishment? No, no, no that was true. No, really? That was true. Yeah, my, my little dog. I've, I've been trained to, to pick up things like if I drop... Oh, I've well got asthma, If I drop my inhaler, I've trained to pick up that me inhaler and that. Oh. Well, that's, that's very clever, isn't it? So you called the ambulance. Yeah. What did they say? You dialed yeah. 999. What did they say at the end? Um, they just turned around and said that an ambulance be en route to me shortly and some... And so I waited about an hour and no ambulance came, so I phoned them back and they said that it was still en route to me. Right. And um, after an hour, still no ambulance, so um, I got, like, um, courtesy calls in the train every so often. I got courtesy calls. And what's them. a courtesy call? Just to check that you're still alive and say, we're, we're sorry, yeah, but just, we're doing all just, we can? Yeah, just uh, just uh, ask me how I was doing, um, to tell me not to move, which I thought, well, I'm not going to be able to move anyway because I couldn't, I couldn't get off the floor. I can't move! <laughs> That's what I kept saying to him. I can't move, you know. And you're laughing and now, um, but this you were in agony for this whole time. Yeah, yeah, I'm literally in agony. And I thought, you know, they kept just saying to me, don't move. Um, an ambulance is on its way to you. And I kept thinking to myself, well, you know, you've been telling me this for the last you know, few hours sort of thing. And there's still no ambulance. And you couldn't um, get a cab or anything? There was no, well, there was no one, no, you didn't have a friend that could no, come and help you? No, I could have got a cab because I couldn't literally bend my yeah. leg. I couldn't get up. I was literally stuck on the floor. So there's no way, and um, I was told not to move anyway, because yeah. as, soon as, you, as soon as you get up, because your knee's unstable, but it's dislocated again. So I would have been S- down on the floor again, so, so in four, even more agony. After four hours, Tracy, um, yeah. the, the ambulance turned up. Yeah. And, and what, did they, what did they say to you? What did the paramedics say to you? Um, they could believe that I've actually been waiting them on for four hours. Yeah. And they said that they actually only just got the call through um, um, a little while ago. They said that they, had, they hadn't been dispatched. They only just got the call to be dispatched about a few um, minutes before they came, sort of thing. We've got a statement from the East of England Ambulance Service. Um, they, they can't speak to us today. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, no, because they've launched an investigation. That's why. But they've sent this statement. Let me read this and let's get your thoughts on this. They say, we sincerely apologise that the patient waited for an ambulance for longer than she should have. Comfort calls were made uh, so that we could continue to assess her condition and pain levels. We attempted several times to send an ambulance, but crews had to be diverted to patients with very serious conditions. What's your reaction to that, Tracy? Oh, if, if that was true, then um, I wouldn't mind if they said to me that it had been diverted to a serious condition because I understand that if someone's having a heart attack then that takes priority which I completely understand but they didn't tell me that they didn't tell me that it'd been diverted or anything they just kept saying to me that it was en route so far as I was concerned that the ambulance was en route to me and you know it's, it's taken this, all this time to come How's the um, how's the knee now? It's still very painful and swollen. I'm, I'm actually in a leg brace at the moment, walking around in a leg brace and on crutches. I've got to ask the question, 
how do they put it back? How do they put the kneecap back? Do they do they cut um, it open? Do they just hit it with a mallet? And I, I, that sounds flippant. I don't I don't I don't, I, I don't mean it to. How do they do it? Um, well, lucky enough, mine went back on its own. But normally they just straight they pull your leg straight, and as they pull your leg straight, it pops back in. But mine, oh, lucky enough, went back in on its own. We're all we're all tensing up here. Well, listen, you be careful, Tracy. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate you getting in touch with us and letting us know about this. And um, just be careful. And well done, you and your dog. Yeah, thank you, Tracy. Let's let, keep in touch. Let's let us know. We'll find out what the uh, investigation um, brings up. I'll, you know, I'm going to speak to Shabana after the news at half past because she's she um, is an excellent speaker and, and made a good point yesterday. And I think I cut her a bit short yesterday as well. So Shabana, if you can bear with me for five minutes, oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call eight one. Um, uh, 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 81333, uh, start your text to 3CR. I'm just reading the text and I was surprised because it was saying nice things. <laughs> I wasn't used to it. It threw me a little bit. Um, you can email as well, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk. Oh, I should just say, there was a mix-up last week with the podcast because Kelly Betts wasn't here. You weren't here, Kelly Betts? No. She was, you were in a field in Glastonbury? Yes. Thank you. Uh, th- so the podcast, if you kind of missed it Friday and you gave up uh, hope, don't. It's there now. If you go to iTunes, type in Ian Lee, I-A-I-N-L-E-E, it pops up, or if you can go to the, the, the 3CR website, you'll get it there. Uh, Shabada, we'll talk to you in a little bit. Let's get the travel first. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still delays on the anti-clockwise M25 from Junction 21 for the M1 to after 19 at the Watford turn. It's after a crash which blocked the road just about half an hour ago or so. Then heavy again on the anti-clockwise side from 17 Maple Cross to Junction 16 for the M40. The A41's really slow going south from the Hemel Hempstead turn off down towards the M25 at Kings Langley. And the A414 in Hemel Hempstead still slow each way between the town centre and the M1 at Junction 7. The M1 itself, that's heavy going south still from Junction 10, the Luton Airport Spur Road to 9 for Redbourne and the A414 in St Albans slow on all approaches to the Park Street roundabout still and for the railways. A problem with the level crossing barriers at Broxbourne has been fixed but there are still 20 minute delays for Abellio Greater Anglia. Chris Humphreys BBC Three Counties Radio Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. There are claims that one of the women in the missing Luton family believed to be in Syria may be behind their disappearance. A community leader says a daughter-in-law who had already been radicalised is thought to have engineered the initial trip to Bangladesh. Meanwhile, the Defence Secretary will tell Parliament later that MPs should consider allowing Britain to bomb Islamic State targets in Syria. And a woman from Leighton Buzzard wants to know why she was made to wait for four hours for an ambulance after dislocating her knee. 45-year-old Tracy Ellis called the East of England Ambulance Service, who have apologised and launched an investigation. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England are out of the Women's World Cup in Canada, losing their semi-final 2-1 to Japan, with defender Laura Bassett scoring a stoppage-time own goal. Here's England coach Mark Sampson. The team didn't deserve that. They've been incredible this tournament, on the field, off the field. I can't have asked anything more than them, and they didn't deserve that. They deserved to go to a final. And, and particularly for Laura, who has epitomised what, what English people should epitomise this tournament. She's shown passion, she's shown pride. 
She's played for the team. She's given everything for the cause. You know, she didn't deserve that moment, but everyone will rally round her and she'll go home a hero. Watford have completed the permanent signing of striker Matej Vidra on a five-year contract from Italian sister club Udinese. Defender Gabriel Angela has signed a new five-year contract. Luton have taken their summer signings to eight. Former Colchester and Dagenham defender Magnus Okongai has signed a two-year deal. Northern Ireland international winger Paddy McCourt has joined, having left Brighton. Hertfordshire's Aliash Bedene is in second round action at Wimbledon today. The Welling Garden City player faces the 22nd seed, Serbia's Viktor Troiki. Andy Murray is first on court one today. He's up against Robin Haas. He likes the, likes the grass. You know, he's played well here in, in the past. I remember a few years ago he pushed Rafa very hard. I think it was five sets. And yeah, he, he quite enjoys the, the big stages as well. So again, he'll, he'll come out and, and go for his shots and, and make it tough. So I'll need to be ready for that one. Some of the top female golfers in the world are involved in the Ladies European Masters, which starts today at the Buckinghamshire Golf Club. Woburn-based Charlie Hull features, as do Bedfordshire's Holly Aitchinson and Hertfordshire's Hannah Burke. And Bedfordshire's Olympic cycling champion Victoria Pendleton makes her horse racing debut this evening as an amateur rider at Newbury. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Um, Shabana, you've waited. Uh, I appreciate that. What, have, what would you like to say? Um, what I want to say is, uh, you know the, the ISIS, I won't call them Islamic ISIS, but anti-Islam. Anti Basically, you're talking about these people from Luton who have gone to Syria. You can't deny the fact that I've gone to Syria like that man was, uh, you know, you know, beating around the bush about it. Well, we don't know for sure, but it's pretty. It looks pretty likely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty obvious, especially if they've been radicalised. The thing is, this radicalisation, they are, what they say of Islam, it's not Islam. It's basically, I think, following the devil. The basically, it's, it's evil. It's, it's not Islam. It's not following God. God doesn't say murder anyone, blow anybody up. And basically, the, it, there are books that people have written a few centuries ago that basically said spreads hate, spreads to kill people up. If you blow them up, these different types of Muslims, if you blow them up, you'll basically enter heaven. So if these books are in all the mosques, which are, which are you know, coming from Saudi Arabia, they're then sent to India, to Egypt, to all these different Muslim countries, and the majority of Muslims are Sunni Muslims, so if it's in all of these mosques, funded by Saudi Arabia, then you're going to get a lot of hate. Here's a, a little bit of hate. In, uh, let me read you a little bit from The Sun, Shaban. Let me read a little bit from The Sun, from Kelvin McKenzie's notebook, a particularly odious gentleman, that when you meet him, he's, he's, he's very nice. When you meet him, of course he's very nice. The, uh, the nastiest people often are, right? Uh, he's gone from writing a whole page to writing a third of a page in The Sun, and it's kind of his little thoughts, and so there's little paragraphs. And here's, well, here's one paragraph, OK? This is all he says about this. Have you noticed that you always hear the phrase Islam is a religion of peace shortly after a number of innocent non-Muslims are slaughtered by followers of Islam? So there's that kind of little digs kind of chipping away. And there are more and more people, I know, because they're having a go at me on Twitter and and text now, that kind of buy into this thing that it's, it's a violent religion. No, you see, what, what, but basically, there's no point beating around the bushes. It's best you come up with the truth and say and ask where are these Muslims got books that spread hatred to kill to kill another fellow Muslim 
to blow them up, to kill them, basically finish them off and you enter heaven. And this is not, I'm not talking from the Quran, from our holy book. It's written just from some other authors from a few centuries ago. So this hatred, is not, it's not been going on uh, just now, like what England is, is suffering and other countries are suffering. So it doesn't say, it doesn't, I've not read the Quran, I've not read bits of the Bible, I found it tedious. It doesn't say that you should kill non-believers in the Quran. No, no, it it doesn't, no, it says says there is no compulsion in religion. Uh, Do do you know what I'm saying? There is peace, there is peace with your non-fellow Muslims. I tell you what. In Iraq, where where they blow up Shias and Christians, so basically the Muslims there are are repairing these churches that have been damaged by IS, anti-Islam. But it's not Islamic to hurt another one's feelings even by just talking to them. Right. For, that, for us, it's not right. All right, Shabana, listen, thank you very much indeed. 03459 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Neil's in Hitchin. Morning, Neil. Morning. How are you, mate? You all I'm, right? I'm good, thank you there. Momentary lapse of reason. Yes, what have you got for us? Uh, to follow on from your um, story about the ambulance, yeah. um, I've got quite a current uh, and relevant story. Yesterday I was picking up my children from my ex-wife's house. Uh, and I watched this poor, frail old lady fall over in front of me, yep. smashing her head on the pavement. Oh, blimey. Blood literally pouring everywhere. My ex-wife attended to her while I phoned the ambulance. Bear in mind, that you can imagine how hot that pavement was. Yeah. We waited for over an hour for a ple- uh, for an ambulance to come along, which it didn't in the end. My ex-wife put her in her own car to go to county. Oh. Uh, now we're told not to move her. But the pavement's absolutely scorching. You know, there's blood pouring out of the poor lady's face. Um, I phoned twice. My ex-wife phoned once. And we were just constantly told it's on its way, but it didn't arrive. Um, who Whose fault is it, do you think? It certainly isn't the publics who are trying to attend to these poor people, you know, that are having accidents on the road. You know, it's not my responsibility or my ex- wife's responsibility to care for the lady. We did our duty, but that was taken above and beyond. So, you know, if something had happened to that lady on the way to the casualty, who, you know, where would the blame lie then? Because it's not the... I, 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 someone's already kind of texted saying, I'm not having to go at the ambulance drivers. I'm not having, it's not the ambulance drivers' fault. It's not the paramedics' fault. They, they can only deal with what they, they are um, given, I suppose, really. Absolutely, but but you know it's a public service, and it was an emergency. This lady was in her eighties, blood literally pouring out of her face onto the pavement. The pavement's scorching hot, and we're told just to leave her. You know, don't move her. Just press against the wound. Yeah. For how for how long till she bleeds to death? Well, there with Neil. Uh, well done for doing your civic duty, and uh, let's all hope that we would do a similar thing if we were in uh, that unfortunate position. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number if you want to give us a call. Eight one three double three. Start your text three CR, uh, or you can send me an email. And I, I, I uh, there it is. I keep missing my emails. Ian dot Lee at BBC dot co dot UK. We've got no Dealey. I've got no idea where Dealey is. We have no replacement for Dealey. Normally we'd get a Lockwood or a Danny, um, uh, but we, we have nobody. I, I, I don't know, what, you know, if that's an oversight. The last I saw was a picture of Justin Dealey with a zebra on Twitter yesterday. Now, it, it, he could be in the Serengeti. He could be in the Whipsnade. I, we, just, we just don't know, Crystal. We just don't know where Dealey is, I'm afraid. <laughs> could be anywhere in the world. Well, hopefully, I mean, hopefully he's not, you know, he's not gone off with this family. We just don't know. He could be anywhere. He could literally be anywhere. No, I rang up basically to say that that was a cracking interview earlier. I was tuned in halfway through. 
and all these platforms, and you say you've been on Five Live as well. Oh, that was Dow- uh, Dawood, Masood, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just seems unfortunate that he tends to resort to hearsay when the questions, you know, he tended to resort to hearsay when the questions were becoming difficult. Um, and, it, you know, it just seems that, you know, the police can't win. It, 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 in all these interviews, you kind of get oh, the police. Uh, the, the ultimate um, yeah. remark is that it's the police. The police yeah, thing, Crystal, really surprises me because um, the, being questioned by the police, even if they've been idiots, right? And le- okay, let's be honest. Sometimes the police can be thuggish and they can be idiots. They, they can be, right? We know that. Even if they've been thuggish idiots, right? That's not going to drive a family of twelve to go to Syria. If you've you've got to accept. If this family have gone there, then the, it's it's mm. it's ultimately it's down to them. You know, someone robs my house. You can't say, oh yeah, but the police questioned him six weeks ago, so it's partly the police's fault. No, it's that idiot for robbing my house. It's we we seem that's to be it. displacing our, our responsibility mm. and, and taking responsibility yeah. for our actions. Absolutely, and I feel as if you know, if the police are being told they should um, intervene earlier, um, if they do, they're being oppressive. Yes. If they don't intervene then they've allowed these people to go. It just, I mean, to be quite honest, the police will remain objective and they will do their jobs as they are told to by the government. But, you know, as as you're looking at it from, you know, a member of the public's point of view, you're thinking, well, these people, you know, police and authorities, not just the police, can't Crystal, I, listen, I'm going to let go because it's not the greatest line. Thank you very much for making your point. Um, and let's, you know, let's be honest, the police make mistakes, uh, they, they have made a lot of mistakes, and uh, they have uh, lied a lot, Hillsborough pops, to, you know, to mind, the, 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 the police are in no way perfect, I like the police, I've got a lot of time and a lot of respect for the police, as I said uh, yesterday, uh, or earlier this week, saw a police officer at the weekend, I was out with my boys, we went over and said hello, we always go and do that whenever we can, if they're not busy, but sometimes they can be, they can be thuggish and they can be idiots and they can be dumb. Because yeah. they're human. Well, and, and sometimes they're, you know, and sometimes they're corrupt and sometimes they're not very good coppers and all these things. But if the family have been questioned by the police, how is that a bad thing? Because the police were doing their job. They obviously had these suspicions about these people that were proved correct if they have gone to Syria. And this is all kind of supposition and we're going on rumour a little bit. But if we assume that they had, the police had questioned them because they were suspicious about their uh, extreme beliefs and extreme views, well, then that has paid off because... This family has gone to Syria. So surely the police were right. You can't say, oh, yeah, they've gone to Syria because the police questioned them and they didn't like it. Bl- bloody police questioning people. They've gone off to Syria because the police didn't like it. Didn't like it. You, know, you can't say that. Mm. Speaking of uh, miserable people, morning, Matty Bum Bum. Morning. Oh, blimey. Are you making a serious point or a light-hearted point today? I am making a serious point. In that I case, am sir, sick of this family. Sorry? They've moved to Syria. Well, forget they... it. Close it. Yes. Forget it. Close they don't it. Understand this country. Yes. That's fine. Now, now Matt. And yesterday, your friend. What? Your Italian friend. He was saying. Roberto. We look after the children. Let me speak. We should look no. after the children. Uh, 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 we Matt. should be concerned about the children. Yeah, we should be concerned Those about the children. children. Will be doctrinated by their parents. Indoctrinated. And their yes. So they will come back to Britain. No, Ma- Matt. Matt. One of them's one years old, mate. How can in. you? No. Uh, no. Okay. I'm sorry, Ian. How can you not feel? How can you not feel sorry for a one-year-old kiddie that's been taken into something that he's got, he or she has got no concept of at all? How can you not feel sorry for that kiddie? Sorry, but Ian, he that he. 
he or she will be doctrinated. Indoctrinated. Later on, or whatever you, you, all right, it will be worked on to hate Britain okay. as the family. But at that moment, that child, at the moment, that one-year-old child is like any one-year-old child. All they want to do is they want to eat and they want to play. That's all a one-year-old wants to do. So why take and put things in their mouth. The child, well, yeah. da, 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 but the child was. Family have taken the exactly. child and the mother and the father. Exactly. And the so you can hate the family as much as you want, but you have to, as a decent human being that I know is somewhere within that hardened, old, very old shell. You have you to feel sympathy. You I'm have to feel sympathy. I'm saying that you have to feel sympathy for the one-year-old. If you don't, you're cold. Why? Because that is an innocent. That is an innocent. I've got sympathy for everyone. You're. What are you saying? The one-year-old is evil. No, you're saying that. No, I'm not saying that. Yes, you have. I'm you not saying that. that. Are I'm you saying? I'm not saying. Are you saying the one-year-old? Saying that. Flipping it, man. Child is evil. That's I, a lot of crap. And you then know what? It. Stop swearing. Then what? Are, then how no, can you not? Forget him. Then how can you gone. not have sympathy for the one-year-old who is an no. innocent? And we got Jonathan going on about it again today for another I don't care hour. what it's Jonathan's going on about. How can you not say, Matt, that the one-year-old is an innocent? Well, the one-year-old is probably innocent, but... So you've got to feel sorry the for them. It's their responsibility. Exactly. So you can hate the family for doing it, Matt. Because you're as worse as some of the guests we've had today, Matt. Come on, you're better than this. I don't hate the family, but they believe they're right... But I'm not talking. I'm it. talking about the one-year-old. How can you not feel sorry for any one-year-old that's taken into an environment that they don't understand? Well, the one-year-old has gone with the parents. They've taken the. the, the yes, I know, Matt. So what do you do? Take the one-year-old. I'm and not put her in a home. I'm just. No, that's what, no, what I'm saying. The, the point I'm trying to make, Matt, is even simpler than that. It's even simpler. I'm not saying what do we do with the one-year-old. What should we do with the one-year-old? All I'm asking is, Matt, as a human being with a soul, do oh, you not feel? Soul. Do you not feel sorry? How can you not feel sorry for that one-year-old kitty? It's a baby, mate. It's a baby. Yeah, so what? Wow, that's uh, Matt. You surprised me, buddy. You really surprised me. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still delays on the anti-clockwise M25 from the M1 at Junction 21 to just after 19 for Watford. It's after a crash which blocked the motorway around three quarters of an hour ago now. Heavier gain around Junction 16 for the M40. The A41 still really slow going south from the A414, that's the Hemel Hempstead turn off down to the M25 at Kings Langley. And the A414 in Hemel Hempstead still slow between the town centre and the M1 at Junction 7. The M1 itself, that's still quite heavy as you head from the Luton Airport Spur Road at Junction 10 to Redbourne at Junction 9 and really slow going south on the A10 from Church Lane in Chesant down to the M25 at Junction 25, that's the Enfield turn. Chris Humphreys, BBC Three Counties Radio. That really surprised me there. How can you not feel sorry for the one-year-old? Whatever you think of the family, how can you not feel sorry for the one-year-old? It's a baby, a baby. I ain't got a clue what's going on. 
03459 BBC Three Counties Radio. These are your headlines. There are claims that a daughter-in-law in the missing Luton family, believed to be in Syria, may be behind their disappearance. A woman from Bedfordshire is demanding to know why she was made to wait four hours for an ambulance after dislocating her knee. And England have lost their semi-final at the Women's World Cup, losing 2-1 to Japan thanks to an own goal in stoppage time. Let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. It's not going to be quite as hot as it was yesterday, but still fairly warm. Uh, it's a bit cloudier and it's still quite muggy and humid, although once more it's not quite as muggy and humid as it was yesterday. That very warm air is now pushed off to the east. So for this morning, well, there's quite a lot of cloud around. It should stay mostly dry, but we might just after the next couple of hours start to get a few showers feeding in from the south. That is a possibility. And then some scattered showers possibly through the afternoon. Now, not everywhere is going to see these showers in fact many places are going to stay dry for the rest of the day the showers of course will affect the temperature they'll start to bring it down where we do stay dry and we get some sunshine in the afternoon we could still be up to around 25 or 26 degrees celsius some places towards eastern areas of Hertfordshire perhaps could even see as high as 27 or even 28 degrees celsius so still a pretty warm day and there will be some sunshine around through the afternoon many places dry overnight tonight still quite close not as uncomfortable as last night staying dry loads of around 16 or 17 degrees tomorrow is going to be very warm again dry and sunny for the most part temperatures into the high 20s possibly even just pushing 30 degrees maybe for some areas and then into the weekend again looking mostly dry maybe some thunderstorms on friday night into saturday but saturday again is looking uh, is looking very warm lots of sunshine around but sunday will be cooler that's the forecast run, run away, run for your life. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. The book is all about how you can use nature to make walking a detective game. There's no cost to spending um, 10 minutes looking at all this stuff. Three mums from Hertfordshire have uh, got something a little bit different planned. Uh, This weekend they're walking 100 kilometres. We've done lots of training and we're aiming to complete it within 24 hours. Nick Coffer. Is that a maze in front of your house? It's called a parterre. It's a parterre, is it? (laughs) I planted it myself with 540 plants, so I know it's a parterre. Award-winning uh, Milton Keynes sports journalist Mike Calvin has written Gareth Thomas's autobiography. I've got to think what you think, I've got to see what you see, I've got to hear what you hear. And that will be an inherently painful process. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, so there's a text here, Anonymous. Why is there so much concern about Muslims going to Syria? Our thought should be with the people murdered on a Tunisian beach. Oh, it's a uh, beach, uh, beach, beach. It's from Mick. Thank you, Mick. Um, um, well, uh, why can we not talk about both? I don't understand why we can't talk about both. What, what, you, you, can only think, you can only hold one thought at a time, Mick? Really? Ah, oh, dear. Asif's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Asif. Morning, Ian. How are like, you? I'm all right, thank you, boss. What would you like to say? Yeah, I think some of the contributions I've had on today haven't been particularly helpful. Um, I'm a Muslim. I'm a normal, normal guy, got a job and everything else. Um, I think we need to face the fact that there is a problem. Um, it's nothing to do with the police or anything like that. If people are radicalised, uh, then, then there is a problem. Um, I also believe that if anyone's gone there unknowingly, i.e. children or if any adults been tricked into going there, then we should help them however we can. But anyone who's gone there knowingly, just forget about them, really. It's their problem. If they want to come back, it's us. You know, 
how can how can anyone not feel how can anyone not feel sorry for the little one year old? That's what that's what surprised me about Matt there. Absolutely, you know, there's, there's one year old or little kids have no idea, have no concept of these types of things. They don't understand colours either, you know, the colour of your skin or your religion. It means nothing to them. Kids will play with each other, regardless of what religion you are or what colour you are. Um, but my thoughts are some of the contributors seem to be beating around the bush, um, trying to blame everybody else but the people that have gone. My view is the people that have gone. Ultimately, they are to blame. All right, Asif, listen, I'm going to move on because I, I, I appreciate your call. Um, and um, I, I did try and say, let's, and I, thank you for that. Let's, let's try and keep it stuff we've not heard before, guys. Gavin's in Saffron Walden. Good uh, m- m- morning. Hello, how are you? Oh, Gavin, you know, my legs are really, I'm on these new pills, right? And my legs are flipping, <laughs> killing me. They're killing me. Excellent. I feel like I've got growing, it is excellent. No, hang on, no, it's not excellent. It's the opposite of excellent. It's um, um, it's bogus. <laughs> oh, I hope you get over it. Thank you, mate. Great bands. What have you got for us? Well, mate, I, I just going to say, it, it, completely impartial in a way. Well, if it, if I'll be if, the judge of that. <laughs> no, I know. It's, it's gonna, if a family, if yeah. a Muslim family wants to go to Isl- um, Islam, yeah, to Syria, yeah, isn't that their choice? Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean they radicalise, does it? Not necessarily. I mean, everyone's saying they've, they've, they've turned into radicals. As far as I know, Syria is a very Islamic country. Yeah. So what's the problem? When you put it like that, it feels like I feel like we've wasted the whole morning. Well, I'm just saying, you know, yeah. if I wanted to go to, a, to Rome to practice Christianity... Yeah. What's the problem? Um, uh, well, uh, Catherine and I have a, um, uh, um, uh, a friend whose background is Syrian, Tamir, of course. And uh, his, his mum was, well, it was probably about a year ago, but it was kicking off a bit. And his mum went over there to visit people. People, you, uh, you know, it, it's fine. The, the, the implication is, though, that, that, um, that Gavin, that if people have gone to join IS... Yeah, but we uh, don't know that. No, we, we don't know that, but we're, we're allowed to explore that possibility, aren't no, we? No, no, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So if people have gone to join IS, then they are going um, probably to do or at the very least support what we would perceive bad things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But all I'm saying is part of me wonders whether they just went there to practice true Islamic faith. That's all I'm saying. Thank you very much indeed. Great bands. Let's go to uh, Jenny and Milton Keynes. Good morning, Jenny. Good morning, Ian. Is it short for Jennifer? It is. Oh, no, let me rephrase that. Hang on. What's Jenny short for? Uh, what's Jenny short for? Jennifer. No, no, hang on. What's Jenny short for? <laughs> got little legs. There we go. Thank you, Kelly. That's what we were aiming for. We got there. Thank you, team. Thank you. My I team. Didn't hear my... What she said. She said you got little legs. Have you got little legs? How long are your legs? Oh, I'm just a. An about, old fashioned I'm girl. About, I'm about a half an inch uh, longer than a petite. <laughs> oh, me too. Oh, get out of Your legs are like spiders' legs. I'm not talking. They? I'm not talking about my legs. No. Well, because they hurt. Oh, my legs are killing me. It's because like, of new. Because of the new pills. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it? What are they? Statins. 
<laughs> I don't know what statins are. I keep reading about statins, right? Um, and um, uh, I don't know what statins are. Well, everybody go. You know, the government wants everybody to be on statins because no. it lowers your cholesterol and it stops you having heart attacks, and then that way it don't cost the NHS oh. too much money. But is it the same? Are statins? You remember when they put fluoride in all the water in the seventies, right? Oh, yeah. And it was good for your teeth, right? But really, what they didn't tell us was that fluoride is a waste product. Is fluoride is rubbish, and oh. it was a nice, easy way of getting rid of a little bit of rubbish and going oh yeah but enough good for your teeth so just but everyone have good teeth i don't remember anybody having good teeth in the 70s do you no they were all wooden oh <laughs> did you have you sound of an age can i may i guess your age yeah go on then i'm not going to tell you though 60... i'll tell you whether you're right or not oh, I 67 what what did you say 57 57 I'm nearly hanging up, Ian. <laughs> 40, 47. I'm not going anywhere. No, I'm not. I'm you not. are not younger than 47. No, I'm not. It's exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> are you married or single? Because do you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm right now. I'm a, I tell you what. I'm, I'm fingering I, this I, ring I, and I'm about to try I'm and very, take it off. I'm, I'm, I'm a widow, but I'm ve- I was very, very. I feel. I did feel very bitter. Yeah. Because I was widowed very young. Oh. And I felt very bitter about it for a did. long time, but I'm over it now. Well, I tell you what. I'll come round. You can turn the photos to face the wall and let's see what happens. I. I I haven't even got the photos anymore. Felt that bit. I'd got rid of it. Blimey. I, I was really in a bad state. Yeah, I bet, I bet you were if that if something like that happened, young. Well, I'm sorry for your loss. You, are you but you, you sound like you're kind of full of the joys of well, well something. Well, I, I sort of did get over it eventually because yeah. of, when you're widowed. Uh, really young all you can think of is well you know you've lost your husband and it's not like old people you've no. got all them years in front of you yeah and you feel like it's gonna did be did you in- if i ask anything that's too personal jenny you can tell me to get lost you know that but did you not find it did you never f- find anybody else or did you just feel that you oh, couldn't well since then yeah yeah i've had a i've had a couple of other partners you've had a string of I, lovers but, but but i but the thing is yeah the thing is i've I, to be honest with you, I've gradually become a little bit selfish, oh. and you, and sort of got used to living on my own and yeah. realised that it's not such a bad thing. No, it isn't. Everyone you, thinks it's a bad. It's not a bad thing. I, 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 do you know what? I wouldn't mind it at the moment. It is really good actually, and it's because you can. You've only got yourself to please. You ain't got to worry Cheeky. about whether you're upsetting. <laughs> you know, you can tell me how old you are because I'm normally good at this. You're fifty-seven. No, I'm not. You older. I'm not telling you. 63, 63, 63, 63. You've got an old why, voice. Why do you think I'm 57? What is it, my voice or... Yeah, you've got it... a really old voice. <gasps> no. Hang on a second, that sounds vaguely familiar. Hang on a second. That, is a, that isn't you. <gasps> Never. Is that it, you? It, I don't know. Did you ever get chased by... No, hang on. That wasn't the Panther voice, was it? No, that's her. Is this... Oh, this is you. You're my number three. <gasps> Never. And you're my number four. Never. And you're my number five. <gasps> my boys love you. My boys were making you say that for ages last night. No, I don't know what you're on about. Never. <gasps> Never. <gasps> that's not me. Go Gasp and say Never. 
<gasps> Never. Oh, she's trying <gasps> to be different now. Never. It's you! That's not it. That voice, it doesn't even sound like me. That's a voice snap. Hang on a second. Is this you? Doorbells. Yes, I think so. <laughs> I've got to move on. We're out of time. We'll sp- give us a call tomorrow. We'll speak tomorrow, Jenny. Uh, right, let's get some of this. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, really slow on the anti-clockwise M25 this morning from Junction 21 for the M1 to just after 19 for Watford. A crash blocked the motorway nearly an hour ago now, but it's still really heavy. It's heavy again around Junction 16 for the M40. Clockwise side not been too bad and hasn't been all morning really. The A41 though, that's really slow going south still from the Hemel Hempstead turn off for the A414 down to the M25 at Kings Langley. The M1 still quite heavy going south and from the Luton Airport Spur Road at Junction 10 to Redbourne at Junction 9. And for the Railways, Abellio Greater Anglia trains via Broxbourne delayed by 20 minutes. It's after a problem with the level crossing barriers earlier. Chris Humphreys, BBC Three County. A little bit short. Uh, listen, let's end on a light-hearted note. John the Cafe sent in a very funny text. Are the family in Syria gone all-inclusive? Great holiday. If you're gay, make sure you get a ground floor apartment. LOL. Yeah, nice one, John. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, what do you think we should do about the Luton family who've gone to Syria? A family of 12 from Luton are believed to have fled to Syria. Local community leaders suspect a young woman amongst the group who'd already been radicalised planned the trip which was originally bound for Bangladesh. The family group includes two grandparents and a one-year-old child. They've not made contact with their family and they haven't been seen since they were stopping off in Turkey back in May. Well, this morning I want to hear your reaction to this today. What do you think we should do about the Luton family who've gone to Syria? Pick up the phone, come on and have your say. Here's my telephone number this morning. It's 03459 455 555. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll take your call in just a second, but first, let's get the latest BBC News. It's just approaching one minute past nine. Here's Simon Oxley. The headlines, community response to Luton family in Syria, Bedfordshire woman's four-hour wait for an ambulance and stoppage time defeat for England's women. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are claims that one of the women in the missing Luton family believed to be in Syria may be behind their disappearance. A community leader says a daughter-in-law who had already been radicalised is thought to have engineered the initial trip to Bangladesh. The 12-strong group, including two grandparents and a one-year-old child, have not been seen since they stopped off in Turkey in May. The BBC's Stephen Chittenden, who's in Luton this morning, says there was plenty of police activity when the family were first reported missing. People who live around here saw police come into the house at that time. A lot of police cars, a lot of police officers. As soon as that report that the family was missing went into the police and uh, a neighbour described seeing police removing papers from the property. And community leader Ashok Ahmed, who's known the family for over 30 years, says they left the country unnoticed. It was seen as a genuine family visit to Bangladesh. I mean, who would think that an elderly parent would be taken to uh, Bangladesh? And then on